And that whole scene was actually shot before we said action. Oh, yeah. You guys were just hanging out. We were setting up the cameras for real. Uh, and you guys yeah. were just having a conversation. That helped us be more, because you more were actually you were actually buying him a bong that day. Oh yeah, it turned into a real thing. So we were actually going to get him a bong. That's what we were calling both of these movies hypothetical documentaries. Hypothetical. We like, they could have. This could have happened. It kind yeah. of happened this way. Yeah. And and a real documentary is not exactly how it happened. It's, it's how like, they're telling. Well, you. in the meantime, while we're talking about what kind of bongs you're going to buy, <laughs> here's why we should talk about what bongs you're going to buy. Yeah, and you guys did that crazy uh, the pretty woman thing. Oh, yeah. And then you brought it back. You're like, so what are we doing? <laughs> and he's like, are you going to spend a lot of money? And you said, yes. And then we rang up the whole bill, which was like 1700 And we're like, oh, my God, uh, 1700 for the movie. How much for real? And he's like, 1200 <laughs> Oh, yeah. You're directing me Eyes focus like a Mike Ruskell. Get the cuts you need Eyes focus like a Mike Ruskell. Everybody and welcome to Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank. I am your host, Ari Shafir. On today's episode, I talk to two brothers, Brad and Todd Barnes. Um, they're directors, and they work together. And um, I met them through Steve Renazisi, but uh, we ended up doing a thing together. Me and Steve and Court and Simone and, and Tracy and I don't know. We just did this weird, cool. I don't want to call it a documentary. It's not a mockumentary. Well, we'll get into it in the episode. But what I want to talk to them about was what it's like to work uh, as a team, as a tandem on things. Um, Kind of splitting up responsibilities and working together. You know, a lot of people fight and shit. And usually you need one guy in charge, like Steve Jobs. And when that one guy goes away, like Steve Jobs, Apple suffers. I want to say I'm not going to go on Apple iPhones anymore. I'm not going to buy iPhones anymore because they use slave labor. And they're the most profitable company in the world. And if any company can afford to not use child slave labor um, in the Congo, they, they, they do that. Um, it's the most profitable company in the world. They could afford to not use the child slave labor and just get their products at a higher price. Um, but it's really not just about that. It's also about Steve Jobs being gone, and Apple's kind of sucking after since then. The map situation, all the fucking updates, it just ain't as good since he's been gone. So it's time for Go to Galaxy, I think. Regardless, this episode has nothing to do with that. Um, I just got back from Europe. I was in Europe for 10 days, the 6th through the 16th. I finished taping the David Tell stand-up show, and then I went straight to Switzerland, to Montreux, first and then straight to uh, uh zermatt to go skiing with my brother and see his family and then uh and then amsterdam for four days and then back what a fun fucking trip you guys the skiing in the swiss alps was tremendous we skied right by the matterhorn which i always thought was just a disney invented mountain that they used uh for the ride the matterhorn it was actually a real ma- mountain I've never heard of Zermatt either, but it's a gigantic resort place that everybody knows about. So safe, so nice, just so pleasant, the whole thing. You guys, I was skiing down this hill, and I guess it's before the main, the main ski season, and I'm, I, I, go, I went on some of the, like, the outer, I don't go off, off-roading, whatever it's called, off-trail. Uh, That's how Sonny Bono died, but uh, 
I did go to some more of the deserted paths, and I'm, you, you can be out there for f- fucking 10, 15 minutes, and nobody skis by. Nobody. But I was skiing down this one trail, and uh, you turn this corner, and just the entire, the two mountains just kind of spread apart, and you can see Zermatt way, way below you, like way below. We can't even make it out. Um, and it just looks, it's just so fucking beautiful. I mean, the air is thinner there, but man, it took my breath away. It looked like you were getting swallowed by God. It was just amazing. I'll post a picture or something. I had to stop and take pictures of it. It was so fucking awesome. And I thought of saying, instead of saying swallowed by God, I thought of saying it's like you're staring down the, destroying the Death Star. Because it is, it's like this canyon that opens up. And you could just stare down the gut of it. Um, you guys, Toronto. I'm in Toronto for New Year's Eve. If you're making New Year's Eve plan, I'm at the Royal Theater with Kurt Metzger and Rob Mayhew. I'm just like hosting. I'll do like 20 and then like do 10, 15 in between each of them. Um, should be a fun show. The Royal Theater, 8 p.m. It's only 27 bucks for a New Year's show. It'll be over by 10. You can go fucking get drunk and be fucking by the ringing of the bells. Is that something people do? Do you try to... I know people try to kiss at New Year's, but do you try to be fucking while New Year's is coming in? Is that a thing? I don't know if that's a thing or not. Um, so yeah, come to that. And then uh, next year, I'm going to be in Chicago in February, in Denver in January. Um, some other places too. I don't know where. All right, let's start the episode. Should we just start the episode? Oh, oh let me tell you about Amsterdam. Okay, so this is what my brother said. He was very clear. He goes, do not try to smuggle back weed from Amsterdam. And I go, Michael, what the fuck are you talking about? I lived in California, in West Hollywood, California, Mecca, the second best place you can get weed in the world next to San Francisco, California. There are 1,400 pot stores open in and around West Hollywood. It is the place that other cities use as a negative example of what not to get into when they are legalizing medical marijuana and i'm like you're out of your mind if you think i would try to smuggle anything back into the united states from there that's crazy why would i do that and he goes ari the weed in amsterdam is on another level you haven't had anything like that before and i was like well still i'm not gonna try to smuggle anything and he's like i'm serious i'm like i'm not going to smuggle anything it's not worth fucking seven dollars even if i can't find shit in new york i'm not gonna try to smuggle anything i have chiba shoes relax by the way i had one chiba chew left for the train ride from zermatt to geneva i'm not saying Gen- geneva anymore i'm saying geneva um because they all said it and i just got used to it uh oh it made the train so much fun it makes trains amazing uh, but anyway, uh, um, oh yeah. So he said, not, "Okay, so fine, whatever." Regardless of that, so I went to Amsterdam, had fun, four fun days. Went to five different coffee shops. Pretty much, if you're going to Amsterdam and you're wondering, any place says coffee shop sells weed, and you're allowed to smoke weed there. You don't have to buy weed from them. If you already have like a leftover J, you can smoke it in there. They say it's polite to buy something. Some chips, soda. You want something anyway. The place is full of weed smoke. You'll want to drink something, some tea. Um, two spots of the comedy cell this week, by the way. Two spots. 
moving on up. Maybe it helped that I did the David Tell show the week before, the day before I left. Um, oh, okay. Try the weed multiple places. In all fairness, never went to Barney's, the place I was supposed to go, a little too far away from everything. Did go to the red light district. Weird. It was weird. Because you got the fucking naked girls right there in windows. They just stand in windows that are doors. And you can just open the door. And then say, yeah, I want to fuck you. And then the door closes behind you. And they just close the curtain over the window. And you just fuck. There's beds right behind them. Excuse me. There's mattresses right behind them. So you can just floor fuck. And then leave. I didn't do it. I was with Morrissey and this girl Jessica Michelle Singleton. Two comics that were at the Montreux Festival. Um... Morrissey was on this podcast two weeks ago, that makeup one, for um, the J.L. Colvin episode. By the way, I will say in the, in, the ex, in the outro today what happened to that. Sorry I didn't do it last week. I forgot. I got high and I forgot. Speaking of, let me start my vaporizer. Hopefully I won't forget this time. Um, anyway, the weed there, four different places. It was, it was good. It was, it, was, it, was, it was really good weed. It was good. But... And I'm saying this with all love for Amsterdam, and with all love for British Columbia. I don't know what other places have it besides San Fran and uh, sure Colorado and Washington State too. And I don't know what the current situation is in Colorado and Washington State, so I shouldn't comment on those two. But the Amsterdam weed was good. It was not California weed. You guys. They're on another level there. They've been growing with impunity for the last five years. There's nothing like the Matso G. There's nothing like the Maui Waui from Zen. There's, there's just nothing like certain strains they have there. Okay, and so and then Sam goes, it was good, and the, and, the, and the prices were okay. You know, 10, 10 bucks for a gram, and they weigh it in front of you. It's not like the fucking New York is fucking a wasteland. I'm shocked I haven't shot myself in the face yet. Uh, but the selection and the, the quality they have in California, in the L.A. and San Francisco shops, the smoothness, three out of the four places I got in Amsterdam. And I didn't go by the tourist places. I went to one tourist place. Three out of the four places were like harsh weed that would tear up your throat. And they all smoke it with fucking tobacco in it. And I asked why. Like, well, it lasts longer that way. Well, how about just not smoke as much? No, straight J. Full of weed, the whole the whole thing. Smoked like a man. Anyway, yeah, it was good. It was like you know, B B plus weed compared to California. It was solid. I mean, you know, you're not. It's not problematic there at all. And it's great that you can leave your place and just like, oh, you see the word coffee shop. I'll just I'll just walk in here now. If they say coffee house or a cafe, that does not have weed. You'll embarrass yourself. Coffee shop anywhere that says coffee shop has weed in it. That you can buy and just ask for the weed menu. It's not a problem. Uh, mushrooms couldn't find as much. Did find some. Somebody gave it to me. Oh, the show was great, by the way. Had a lot of fans show up from different from Germany, from from Canada, from uh, Uruguay. Yeah, it was kind of it was a really cool, fun show. Um, did an hour. They gave me half an hour. Did an hour because I'll do an hour. That's what I do. If you guys come see me, if you've never seen me before, I will give you a new guaranteed 45 hopefully an hour brand new from the last time you saw me that's the reason i'm not doing my own show in toronto that i'm doing a show with mayhew and metzger because i was just there in like may or june and i don't have a new hour 
So I don't want to charge people for a new hour. Anyway, go to Amsterdam, enjoy the weed, but don't expect it to be better than California, the mecca of weed. Um, all right, let's start the episode, shall we? Uh, by the way, if you're doing your holiday shopping, please use my Amazon code. Go to my website, aritthegreat.com, where you can find, to the right, my next like uh, five dates. But if you click on tour, you can find all my dates uh, for the road and for New York. Um, if you're visiting New York, that's just look there when you're here, and uh, you'll see where I'm playing. Except the comedy show. They don't update the laugh stuff for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but, oh, use my Amazon link on my website, on com. If you do your shopping, if you just click on my, there's a button that says Amazon. There's one to the right that says Amazon.ca. That's for Canadians. Just Amazon. It's a brown button. If you have your ad blockers on, it won't come up. But if you don't, it'll come up. And just go to Great, click on Amazon, and then it takes you to Amazon. And then do your shopping as normal, but then the money... Like the percentage of the money will go to me. So they take like whatever their take is. I don't know. Whatever their take is. They give me like five or six percent of their take. It won't cost you anything more. And if you forget, like I do sometimes, go to com and then bookmark it as Amazon. And then you won't forget. So it'll be really nice to me. And if you want a cool thing to, to buy your friends, get them a Skeptic Tank t-shirt. Also available on my website. Not from Amazon. Um, but yeah, do the Amazon shopping. Those who have done it already, thank you. It's helping me tremendously. It's paying for this thing in New York for me. Um, for this experience of being able to do shitloads of spots and suffer through the cold. All right, let's start the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, Ari Shapir, Skeptic Tank, episode 146. Collaborators. Guys, I'm not that great at names. Collaborators is because it's collaboration, and then collaboration because they're brothers. No, let's make it collaborators because they're directors. Collaborators. I feel like I could have done better, but I'm not going to redo it. All right, here we go. Episode 146. Let's start. Everybody got it? You try to do all the cameras at once? Yeah, you have to. So they all sync up. And if you don't, you do second sticks. What does that mean? It means you bring the clapper in again for the second camera and say second sticks, so then when the sound guy sees there's two, or the editor sees there's two peaks, you go, oh, there's a second stick, so you have to line them up twice. Oh. Man. It means you just f- fucked up the first sticks. That's all it means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's always my favorite part. On a few shoots, I've asked to do it. Yeah? Yeah. Do you do the whole call where you go roll sound, or you just say... Yeah, I'll usually say, like, roll sound, take one, mark seven, flash five, <laughs> rolling. That's exactly. And then, like, you don't have to say, we don't need all that. And I'm just like, rolling. Um, <laughs> um, hi, guys. So we're shooting this movie, right? We're in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. What are we calling it? Well, right now it's called uh, Untitled Renazizi Barnstorm. Okay. Because we were calling Barnstorm? it. Barnstorm? Yeah, this type of shooting, a barnstorm, because it's not really a straight movie like you said 
like it was like a novella of a movie and the way yeah. we made it was all Long improvisational short. and really just trying to catch everything we can and being you know within the world and outside it and so that's a lot different than a regular movie so we thought that we would just brand it however you want it <laughs> yeah, so with our name cleverly with our last name the herb wasn't Barnstorm the name of that movie that that Bart wanted to steal from? You guys ever watched The Simpsons? I don't know that one. Bloodsport? Barnstorm? I thought it was like Barnstorm. Bloodstorm? Do you know? No. Uh, anyway. So it's yeah. called yeah. So it's called the Untitled Renaissance Barnstorm, which we're calling the So herb. where'd you come up with it? Where'd you come up with the idea of it? Just to, just f- fuck it? Renaissance, let's just do something about your life right now? Well, we made a movie that just came out right now called East Nashville Tonight last year. Yeah. Which was like about a a songwriter we knew in real life and his friends who were songwriters. And we kind of went down there and did this improvisational thing. Same style? Yeah. Just sort of followed him around and then try to make a plot out of it. Exactly. In East Nashville. In East Nashville. And that movie's called East Nashville Tonight. Yeah. And we just released it and we were like, oh, this is the kind of thing if you get a bunch of talented people together and just see if everyone has a certain amount of days and you go, let's try to make something. Yeah. See what it is. So that one ended up being like a 76 minute movie. But this one, yeah. you know, we were going to probably use this now and it's going to be a different kind of movie. Like, yeah. like an anatomy of a scene thing. Or, or, and it's like sort of behind the scenes. And so we're just trying to figure out what it is and use people's. Talents. as it goes we'll just get see people's talents and go what is that let's try to yeah. catch it with their friends and real relationships i like the way it was like in and out of shots where it's like character a oh, real person character real per- just like you know talking to the camera all that stuff we're like all right are we filming all right let's go but you just see all that i don't know well that's the thing i mean we did it in nashville and then we did it again with this one where the, the performers are all using their own life and they're they're using their names and they're using their their actual friends so yeah I think that that's a little different than either a documentary or a Well, you get way more real that way. Yeah, yeah I think it's... I, I mean, what, as we were making it, we kind of accidentally fell in what I think is a much more real uh, filmmaking than either fiction or documentary. Because documentary, you're interviewing people and they're presenting their documentary self. Yeah. You know, they're kind of aware of that. And if you do fiction, you're creating this sort of fiction where you're trying to say something about people. But this one kind of lets Based people... On, that's more how stand-up is. Yeah, it's like these are things that happened, mixed with some things that didn't, or happened another time. Right, that's but kind the of point. Is it's all what I'm kind of going through. Yeah, you have some. It's based in a reality. Hey, yeah. you guys, switch mics for a second. Mics. Is that better? Yeah. Why? It's because you talk close to yours and you talk far. Oh, away is that better? <laughs> yeah, so they were supposed to split the ones that are soft. Well, so this is an example of the kind of filmmaking we were doing. You were yeah. like, you know what? Rather than put these guys in a square peg in a round hole, I'll just I'll get out of their way and go. This guy gets the mic. That's for yeah. better for this. Yeah. The same idea with the movies. Like, okay, Ari and Steve know each other. Yeah, we we know that Ari uh, does a shroom fest thing. And so let's kind of combine those things and just see. So so they can just kind of cut loose with a scene. Which yeah, that's what know, Hitler said. <laughs> Base all your lies in truth. They'll be way more likely to believe it. Truthful points. You guys are excellent Hitlerists. He made great uh, popular films. Sorry. You should uh, call this movie Hitler. He made great popular films. <laughs> it's open. It's still open. Yeah, it hasn't registered yet. Well, G A E. Clearly, um, the untitled Renaissance Barnstorm is too long. The herb, though, we called it because it also harkens back to the weed that smoked in the it's movie. It's a cool stoner movie, man. Yeah, yeah I was that's watching. I was like laughing at certain parts. I'm like, this is just a cool stoner movie. Yeah, I, I don't. There must be some sort of film analysis of stoner movies There's because they take on different forms. Like you just want to sort of watch people get high for a while. 
that's part of every one of them. Yeah. 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 I think that there's a, you know, you always have to have some kind of plot where they need to do something. And I think that that, when Todd said Troom Fest, I think that that was another way in. You know, create a, a plot driven by a thing. Yeah. And in, in, in this case, missing shrooms helps us push <laughs> yeah. the... But we also... But we also <laughs> yeah, you need some reason to keep it going forward, like yeah. reality shows. Right. You're like, all right, get, get a contest or a road trip or whatever. Yeah. But we legitimately wanted to ask you guys questions about what it's like to be comedians who now have to write a whole new hour every year or feel like you have to like that we oh, want yeah. so that was the sort of documentary part we want to discover because that was an interesting question for us it was like oh louis ck did this thing and then everyone knows about it and i happen to know that you were doing that and yeah. i happen to know that steve's special was being shot that right summer then. and we were like oh this is fascinating so did we steve, do it before he shot the special he had after? just shot it right we did it after he had shot the special yeah before it was edited okay. we saw rough cuts yeah he showed me little pieces right. of yeah, it yeah. so we were like okay so steve hadn't recorded anything up until then so that was like he's in a position you motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> drop the notice from my landlord <laughs> read your lease uh, it's a classic boom read your lease yeah sorry no you're doing a great job man everybody's talking about how awesome you are <laughs> We got four mics and three cameras in this room. We're doing pretty good. Yeah, move the mic a little closer to your face. Okay. Did you get that belt at H and M? I hope so. <laughs> I believe I had the same one, but couldn't wear it. Just didn't know how to wear it right. With the extra loop, it's Boy. the extra loop at the end. It's got a loop. The it's extra stuff. That's yeah. supposed to be a penis. Um. <laughs> yeah, because Renazis was having this problem. Me and him push, kind of push each other, especially at the store in L.A. With Tuesdays and Wednesdays is really using that that time when the talent coordinator is not there, so there's no repercussions for bombing. There's literally none. I mean, except like the other comics seeing you bomb, but they already know you there by now, so it doesn't matter at all. So yeah, we push each other like, and like take the bomb, go try new material, you know. Even though you don't, you want to not do that. If you see everybody doing well, you're like, yeah, let me just do well. But like, what's the matter? This is the this is the best time to do it. No one's here for me, so we have to like force ourselves. So we like. Sort of I have shoulders to cry on to each other about to ha- it. Yeah, to have something in your pocket that you're not going to use that you know always works, that's yeah. got to be a temptation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially this year when I did the hour, because this year I had a couple bits that were like not quite ready, or just I fucked them up when I set them, so I just wasn't going to put them in the wrong way. So they were pretty much already done, and it's, it'll be my next hour, so I could get away with saying, well, I'll just do these. But then, same shit, I would just have those 15 minutes, and I wouldn't do anything extra. Yeah, so you really did that. So you tossed things that never even got recorded just because they were no, but I t- I made put, last year. I more put those away for like right. six months, and then when I needed to fill time on the road, like in the beginning, you know, when it's the hour, I only have ten minutes, I'll fill in the rest. I would fill in those first before the other stuff that was recorded. That's cool. Did you feel good about that? Like yeah, yourself. But when I puss out, when I know what Renazisi would do, new material, and I wouldn't, I'd feel like worse about doing that same tried and true shit. You know, and I know he'd probably feel the same way when it, the roles were reversed. He's like, yeah, but there's only 12, 20 people in there. I was like, yeah, I went on after you. There were still 20 people. What's the difference? Yeah. That's what we were, I mean, I listened to these podcasts, so that's what I was like, oh, this will be, fa- can we, I want to see Ari and Steve talk about what it's like to yeah. have to do a new hour or feel like you have to. Or- but you do that in your medium, in your method of, what, expression? 
I like that the, how all the arts are intertwined. And it's all just comes down to like, this is how you express yourself. Yeah, well, I think... So we, you guys use filmmaking. You think what? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we, you know, the movie we just did before this one was with songwriters. Yeah. And, and it's just the same as you say about stand-up. It's like, they sit down, they want to write a song. It's got to start with something that happened to them. And then the details change, and yeah. then they add things to make it a better song or to rhyme. Especially country music. Yeah, yeah or to rhyme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These yeah. guys are all alt-country so guys. But they start with something truthful. They work it up, play it, figure out different ways to say it until it starts to gel as a song. Yeah. And we do the same thing when we're trying to make a film. We come up with something that happened to us or that feels honest, and then we build a bunch of stuff on top of it. And whether or not it leans way documentary or more fiction depends Have you done on a straight fiction movie or stuff? Yeah, but you know, we made a, we made a, a fi- straight fiction film called The Locksmith in 2010. Uh-huh. Uh, but it was based on a documentary. Was that about a guy who makes um, locks and bagels, but he's like the greatest at it? And then he, his name is Smith, but they had to trace back his old heritage to Ellis Island. <laughs> best is in that, New York. Is that, yeah, yeah Best in New York. It was the original title, but he you changed could, to The Locksmith. You can still get it on Betamax. Yeah. It, it was actually The Locksmith. It was just this great locks that no one ever really got. But yeah, it was you so heard delicious. Tell. Oh, it's myth. Stupid ass. <laughs> <laughs> It was, uh, no, it was, uh, it was called Home Wrecker first. Yeah. And, uh, and then when we got distribution, it got changed to the locksmith. Um, that's cool. Where did it get distributed? At, internationally and throughout the world. We, it went to Sundance. Was it a long or a short? It was a feature, like a regular, oh, really? like, like a romantic comedy. Okay. Oh, so did you guys audition people and stuff? Yeah. It was a, it was like a real movie, like with a crew, like n- yeah. different than the Barnstorm. It was right. like, you know, oh, we set up all the scenes, and there's a script, and everyone follows the script, and there's a little bit of so Steve's in it. When you, really? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Is that where he met you? No, a little bit. Well, I met him through Kim, but okay. Kim, I, I asked Kim if she would ask her friend if he would be in our movie because oh. <laughs> he was. And that's but it was before Steve. he was in the league. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I know that. I remember him talking about. No, maybe I don't. I remember actually, him meeting you after he moved out to Long He Island. actually, what happened was, this is funny, actually. He, um, so we go, hey, can you be in this movie? And he's like, yeah, I only have this one thing to do. I have to go to L.A. to shoot a pilot for this show Ooh, we're in. Yeah. Right, and so we go, cool, you know, whatever, these dates. And we literally, the day he was coming back, we were going to begin to shoot. So he goes and he shoots the whole week with those people. And at the end of the week, everyone's like, what are you doing after this? What are you doing? And Steve goes, I'm shooting an independent film in New York. And they're like, with who? And he goes to the Barnes Brothers. And, and uh, Mark and Katie, at that time, were the only other people we knew in Los Angeles. Oh, really? We knew them On from independent show? film. Yeah. So Mark was in our first Sundance short. Really? Uh, me and Mark acted in it. Did you guys all know each other? All the, like, the independent directors? Some of them. We don't see. In the I, comedy? Don't, I don't think I know enough of them. I know guys who know a lot of them. There is a, a festival. Once you're on a festival circuit, then you, you kind of it's like a graduating class. You end up going around with those the same Vancouver people. Festival and Toronto Festival. Yeah, you, you see, see them at it, every like festival, and then forty of the same sixty names. Yeah, and then you kind of fall off, and then someone makes another movie the next year, but you don't. It takes you two years to make another one, so then you're going around with a new group of people. But, oh, right. but it was strange that the Mark and Katie. So, like, they're the only people we knew because they also made films. We met them, and, and they made good films, and they became successful and went to Los Angeles. So, yeah. at that time, I knew only two people in Los Angeles. And then Kim, who's shooting yeah. right now and is my wife, yeah. knows Steve. And so that Steve's was the roommate. So, we met, I met Steve, and I was like, you have to be in our movie because you're the only other famous person I know. 
And then he flew to be in a show and didn't know all week that at the end of they found out that, you know, we're all close friends. Oh, wow. That's hilarious. And then Steve came back out and we shot uh, Homewrecker, turned into the locksmith. Turned into the locksmith and then, yeah. Do you, do you, when you, when you're auditioning people, I read this thing about um, auditions, not auditions, uh, interviews, and how they're not really getting who's going to be the best at your job. Like if I have to hire you as an accountant, Really, it's going to be how charismatic you are that's going to have a lot to say in it, and that it has nothing to do with your accounting abilities. Yeah. So, like, you're hiring the wrong people. Yeah. Do you guys have that at all? I think it's totally true. Well, also, there's, you know, actors who audition well are not, often not the, the best. best actors, and, and great actors can sometimes not get through an audition at all. Yeah. And that was certainly the case with our first movie. An actor called Anselm Richardson is fantastic. And a guy can do anything. He was in our first short also. Um, hates auditioning. Hates and, he, and, and claims he's never had a good one. Yeah. And it's just, I think it's just a different skill. Yeah, it's like showcase comedy. Mm-hmm. You have to do this regimented exact thing. They've already approved you for every word. And you're like, Ugh. Yeah, some people are great at it, though. Yeah. Some people don't have any problem with it at all. Yeah. We also couldn't ha- like take the physicality of it. So anytime we can avoid sitting somewhere with the person, having have someone this. walking in or something and being like, you know, like, well, well there's a line of people. That's yeah, the, that's and the, it's so feel the, debasing, like, a, like the, disgusting, <laughs> despair. Oh, can totally. you feel it? The it's, neediness. It's foul. Oh, yeah. it's so. Well, but we have the other neediness then to like match them. Sort of be like, hey, man, like it's even worse. I'm not part we, of the problem. Yeah, we have to alleviate that guilt <laughs> yeah. ourselves. So we're like. It's tough for me too, <laughs> just so you know. Not, you know, so you know. My I friend maybe Duncan one time at a commercial callback when they're all there, all the producers and whatever, and it's so it's fucking all day, and same thing. And he could see how bored they were. And he, he was like, "Hey guys, let's do something where right before the door opens, um, you just start cheering, just start going crazy, and then we'll open it up, and everyone out there will hear." <laughs> just this, you guys, pretty much standing ovation in my auditioning. What? Yeah, and so they're like, all right, yeah, and they did it. I was like, guarantee you booked that, right? He goes, no, still didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, though. It's something to spice it up. And they were all into it. They were all like, whoa. Oh, yeah. And everyone looks up and is like, oh, motherfucker. Well, <laughs> so funny. one part down. He got all, he, they're all strangers. He got all the strangers yeah. after his audition. Yeah. That's awesome. Joined it together. Yeah, so how do you avoid that then? Or do you just not? I mean, we that movie we cast from people we knew mostly okay or friends of friends yeah and then uh we've kind of tried that and then like mostly auditioning people by hanging out with them for a while mm-hmm. you know what i mean that's what uh that's what um i heard the south park guys used to do that when they made them get writers is they would have like two week trial runs and see if they were cool yeah. and like hey we're going to vegas you want to come <laughs> and if you could hang out you're okay it's kind of everything, right? I mean, like you were saying, you, like you're interviewing. It's a weird way to find people you're going to work with every day and see all the time. Yeah, yeah, after. and that's a lot of it too. It's like chemistry. It's like you don't want to work with somebody who's annoying all offset. Yeah, what's so like, weird? Also, when somebody's good at their job, it's so weird. What do you mean? Well, too. I mean, also the tools for auditioning are broken tools. So, like, usually what happens is an actor comes in and either does a monologue. Mm-hmm. Or does a cold reading, right? So they, they come in and they give you something they've memorized in the mirror, right. along with faces that they made in the mirror to match what they memorized. Yeah. And it's an idea of themselves that they have. So they read you some Sam Shepard or something, and that's how they see themselves. 
but often has nothing to do with their real personality. Oh, yeah. So that's broken. That's out the window. So immediately we've got to try to get past that. And then what's offered usually beyond that is a cold reading. So they come and they pick up two pages of that's a script. worthless. It's just that's you're all just technique. Like, what is it's that? like SAT skills yeah. where you know how to, like, you're supposed to guess if you can narrow down one question. But it's like you're not testing the best person now. Yeah. No, it's a, you know. Isn't that it what you used to do? If you, could, exactly. if, you could, if you could rule out one on the SATs, you could like, <laughs> then it was like, wasn't that a thing? Yeah. Like then it was like, I you taught, may as well I, guess. I taught Kaplan class. Did you really? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> of course white kids would have better. Of course they would. They would have the privilege to take Kaplan's classes. You can't just figure that out on your own. That if you can rule out one, you may as well guess. Hey, there was one free inner city class that we also had to teach. You ran down there and said, hey, guys, uh, you get 200 points off the bat, and you run out. That was your last real job, Todd, wasn't it? That was. I was an assistant manager by the yeah. end. Really? That was mm-hmm. big shit. Oh, at Kaplan. I had the office. I had the, it was the World Cup. I was like 23. I remember it was the World Cup because we had uh, TVs, because VHSs, the people would watch the class on VHS if they missed class. Yeah. So there were four of them. And so for the World Cup, I was like, one's broken. I took it and I put it in the office that I got suddenly. And I just had the World Cup on all day. And I would pretend I was filling out paperwork all day long just to do something. Well, to pretend, yeah. just to watch and like come out like harried, come out of my inner office being like, there's so much going on. I've got to get this TV fixed for the back room. I used to sit in front of my computer where I had this job once. I had to like, like HTML up some, some, some uh, forms for some law documents. It was super easy. It was like a couple, every like few pages, it was a table of contents, next page. That's it. Basic HTML. But they had no idea. So it was a seven-week job that I could have done in an afternoon. <laughs> Um, so I would just like sit in front of the computer and sleep, but the door is behind me. So as long as I could sleep upright, I could hear them come in. And be like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, hey. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'd like, be over my shoulder just going, oh, it looks like code. And I'm like, uh, all right, we're good. <laughs> just haven't been far enough ahead of me. Um, uh, so, so wait, what was I explaining about the auditioning thing? Yeah, cold reading is worthless. Yeah. Cold reading is just how quick you can fucking read it once. If you well, it's, yeah, it's that. They usually read it in the hallway, right? Because they, they, so they can do no preparation. Yeah. And they, so you can't imagine that they're doing any background on the character. They're just going to yeah. read the lines. And then if they know one thing, so say they know the character's a lumberjack, everybody comes in with their plaid shirt on. Right. right? And, the, and if you're seeing 30 people, the first 25 people make the same choice. Yeah. Based on some kind of generic conception of what a lumberjack Sounds right, like right, right, and that's what the you get. most generic. Yeah, but you don't get like a movie like The Machinist, where he's like, "I'm going to lose 85 pounds for this," <laughs> and look like you can't do that in an audition. No you would have no idea that he was capable of that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I think really the only way to true either what you said is you you know have a drink, get to know someone, te- have them tell you about growing up or their family, yeah, that kind of stuff, or ask other actors. About who the they've worked with. Oh. I feel like big direct I feel like when, when uh yeah. When Tarantino was talking about Brad Pitt doing Inglorious Bastards, he like flew him out to France. He's like, Come hang out for a couple of days. I, I guess is that for the same thing? Like yeah. let me get a feel of who you are. I believe it. Yeah. I think also that- you can talk about the movie and if they know oh, yeah. you know, they get the movie, they're helping you make the movie. That's the thing too, if you're going in for something that's like Gilmore Girls ish, you're like, Is this I, you'd have no idea from the page that it's supposed to be stylized. 
Yeah. And so you're just, you're testing people. I'm like, did you guess right? It's so weird. <laughs> you're like, just no, no. tell me. <laughs> just tell me it's a stylized thing that looks like this. Yeah. And then if somebody comes in who's just like a savant, it's it will blow you away. Yeah. If they get a cold read and they've somehow memorized it mm-hmm. and have an accent or something that's right on you, are like, wow. Do we have to see anyone else? <laughs> that's that person, yeah. is it? And it's and it's also the trick really is being idiosyncratic because you have to know that the people who are on the other side of the table have already seen 30 people that day and are probably going to see 30 after you. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I've seen actors come into a room and they just choose the opposite choice. Just for the sake so of it. So they know it's a yeah. love scene, but they read it like a hate scene. I booked a career with this commercial people once People like remember that. them, you know? But that's a cheat. You don't know if that person's going to be... That, that person made a good choice in the hallway. But are they really right for the part? They get a second. They get a call back. But you know it's it's a it's a cheat. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's a weird. Would you get good at auditioning? Auditioning when you start commercial doing? auditions? I got great at it. Because then I do? could just tell. Well, like that one career builders one. It was like they were like, yeah, everybody's. I like, prepared. They had like four scripts. They like, prepare one. And so yeah, I prepared whatever. And then when I got there, she was like, yeah, everybody's doing mostly these three, and not the other one. So I just like, oh, let me switch. I'll be one of twenty people instead of one of two hundred. Yeah. You know, oh really? Yeah, and I, just, yeah. I booked it. It's just like, it. why would I not switch right there? Why would I not increase the odds? It's game theory. Make some choice. That's what I realized. Make some choice because second best does nothing for you. It's the yeah. same as worst. So you may as well have them as long as the casting director already knows you a little. Yeah. So she's not gonna be like, what the fuck was that? Who yeah. are you? As long as she's not gonna do that. David Taylor had that problem because I would teach him that, so he would try that and be really rude. <laughs> which is like, don't be rude to my actresses. <laughs> He's like, no, I was deciding to do something. I was making a rude choice. Yeah. I'm not a rude person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but so you just do that say so do something weird you know they're not gonna or make them laugh in the room if i can make you laugh mm. if you're on the other side of the camera and if i could just say something like the, the one director said something like in like guido fucking italian way you know where they use like capiche or it's the same as using yiddish i guess but he said something and then he was in that kind of language he goes all right you guys all get it and then I was like, no, I don't get that. That's not English in any way. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> no, no one, none of us knew what you're saying. And uh, he, yeah, he laughed. And I was like, all right, I booked this guy. I just knew. I booked it right there. Yeah. Is that to, just something? But that's what you're saying. Just something to stand out. Be a little different. Yeah. In that's, a good way. That's got to be helpful as a comedian because you know from being on stage yeah. something that's going to work on these people. If I want to make or them you just laugh, trust once. yourself. They usually tell people like, don't. Don't try to be funny. This is just for commercials. I'll get off that. But like, they're like, don't try to be funny. Just do it. But I tell all my friends, like, they're not talking to us. They're talking to dumb actors that are horrible when they're trying to be funny. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they want to. That's what we do. We know how to be funny. Yeah. 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 Just ignore right, Why would you leave, like, your good weapons? Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> we don't get our looks. <laughs> we're not booking this on looks. That's why we're comedians. <laughs> um, yeah. Wasn't there a Woody Allen movie where he was auditioning people? And like Deborah Messing was one, and she was like nailing the role. But then, as soon as the audition part was over, as soon as the read was over, she would get really mousy, and she'd be like, "Yeah, okay, I hope that was all right." And when Woody Allen was the only one, was like, "Let's book her. She was awesome in it." But they're like, "No, the other one's really fun." There's so much about that. Yeah, yeah. Is that how awful stuff is on television? Is that how it gets done? Good good auditions? No, not just good auditions. Who people like, and like you're a fun guy to have around. I don't know. I don't know anything about how people make TV, actually. Just but, movies. I mean, just the people I know who make movies, really. I mean, oh, right. you're only limited to whatever you know how to do and your friends and whatever your experience is, I think. Yeah. 
Do you guys like not having any? Or have you ever had bosses telling you like it has to be this or that? Yeah, we've had to make. We made corporate videos for like you know make money to make a living a lot. So we'd go like from making a movie to carrying our cameras, uh, flying to like a trade show in Chicago and interviewing people about scientific books. Oh, really? Yeah. And then you know those people were our bosses, two bosses, different bosses, wow. and lots of reply alls and editing to like the second and all that kind of. Then stuff. Then you just become a broken wrist. You just like. We'll make what you want us to, what want you to make. Yeah, you live a dual lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't like get emotional. I mean, I did for a while. I'd be like, I, what? I'm going to revolutionize <laughs> the in, industrial film for for IBM. I'm going to let them know, and and they'll hear. It's going to go all the way up the chain, and they're going to hear tell yeah. of this independent filmmaker, and I'll Spielberg. be a millionaire. Yeah, you know. And then I realized that that, that was probably not going to happen. What do they use those things for? Industrials. They used to make DVDs, and then now they like to do what with? They'd give them out at like uh, sales conventions, just to just to have a look professional looking thing. Decorate a booth, you know what I mean? Oh, I, right. I, I often think they're wow. internal videos. So it's, I used to think they played in lunchrooms, but what are they? What I think they probably still play in lunchrooms. Really? Yeah. Well, now I think they link to them a little bit, but maybe it's for the people we're interviewing for morale. I'm oh, making right. a movie about them. They used to have that at... Uh, David Taylor worked in, in the tech boom in San Francisco. And they would have... Because businesses would come and they'd just boom, go out of business. That's yeah. not why they called it the boom. But like... Uh, <laughs> but like... Uh, but to convince the employees that you, that you weren't like on the edge of losing your job, they would take billboard space out all over San Francisco. What? Yeah, with these tech companies. Just in San Francisco. And only to convince the employees like that we're doing here. great. <laughs> yeah. That's why they have those lifetime TV ads across the street from the comedy store. They have all of them on Sunset and the major streets where the fucking stars go. It's to make them feel good about doing it. That's what it is. They're all so oh, goddamn wow. needy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, that's, that so sense. you can see. Yeah. That's where you see them. They don't put those billboards in the shitty part of town. <laughs> what? Oh, Mexican and black women don't watch Lifetime? Bullshit. Of course they do. <laughs> those but billboards the are for four people. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> that is... I'm telling you. Awesome. Yeah. I wish people were putting up billboards for me somewhere where they <laughs> yeah. thought I might be driving so just so I'd be happy about it. Yeah. They have that's, a central one. And then, that's a lot of service. That's a high level of service. Yeah. Don't, we're just going to put billboards up in case you like it, wherever you drive. <laughs> yeah, wherever you drive, a personalized one to say, yeah, you're doing stuff, man. <laughs> I wonder if it could be, it would be great. You could probably find someone at Wharton School of Business who could quantify it. You know, like, if, if you gratify the actor in that way, then they they're, they're going to soften on what they demand. So you get a better actor for the yeah. same price, which will increase your revenue by this much. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't I you? Could I mean, get a, you'd be yeah. an idiot not to pay someone to figure that out yeah. with the money they're betting yeah tell us the exact number we'll, and then we'll see how much the billboard prices are if it's simple over under quants yeah <laughs> they call those guys quants quants yeah. <laughs> they're super skillless yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm professional quants they're gonna make a movie about that one day it's either gonna be about like boiler room style where they're like quants they ran the room they're in the world or they're gonna make it like um black man trying to get in the white man's world style movie one of those two. <laughs> Leroy wanted to, he was the best quants quants around quantifier in town, but he couldn't get a job because right. of his skin color. Oh, quantifier is what quant is. I didn't get that. I thought you just made up the word quant. No. Did I believe you not? it's a word. Oh I thought you just nicknamed that. <laughs> also, no, I think that's a real word. Oh. I think that's a real word. Well interesting. It must come from quantifier. <laughs> it can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. So how much better is it, though, just um, doing your own shit and sort of deciding? 
even if it's following your own script but like it's your script i mean it's great but you know it's how you know you got to get paid too yeah then that becomes a problem then that becomes a problem you know yeah so what do you do with the other movie what do you, you make it and then you try to sell it well now the one that, that we made, made right now we're selling ourselves it. like online where do you get money to make it in the first place you don't we just made that ourselves. Well, kind of like how we did it with you. I mean, this is the kind of a thing that, like, okay, we were like, we've been making movies for fourteen years. We're still make, we're raising money right now to make a, a nine hundred thousand dollar movie in New Orleans. Okay, how do you raise money? So there's like some guys we know who know some rich guys, and they've shown them the script and said the Barnes Brothers want a thing at Sundance, and we're going so to try. We'll probably get it. our money. You have to convince rich right. people. Exactly. Wow, that's how the art community works too. Mm-hmm. The only reason they can sell a fucking gigantic. A Snoopy sculpture that looks like a balloon is, and that's what you do. Yeah, you your job convince, is getting money. Well, no, his people. no, he came from the art world. He used to oh, be oh, a really? big, like uh, yeah. So I, I saw a ton of that. Yeah, yeah. and it's just, they decide market value. The super rich wives. No, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and it's yeah. I mean, they did they really determine it all, and and really, especially in the high end contemporary yeah. art market, you re- you're really making for a tub of water with basketballs in it right. that just float around. That costs one million dollars. Yeah, who has that? But the, the uber wealthy. Yeah, there's about sixty to a hundred people worldwide okay. that you're trying to please, and those people set the price, and those people have vast collections, and they all want to impress each other, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My aunt bought a gahuli, one of those um, chandeliers. Oh, yeah. It was class. all about yeah, we can yeah. go in a country club or buy a chandelier. Yeah, My aunt's like this is going to get me in a magazine, better homes and gardens. No question. Yeah. Get the full spread, but that's the thing. I mean, the, I, you know, the, there is a difference though in that. The, well, financing is the same. You still got to convince the rich guys to get behind you, and and help you make the movie. Yeah. But then the thing about a, an independent movie is still you're making something that people are going to pay five to twelve dollars to see. Right. Whereas in the contemporary art world, you're making a thing that's okay. going to be hyper expensive and no one normal is going to get near it going to be able to buy it yeah so it's i mean you know so you have to do both things in in indie film you got to convince the the super wealthy people to get behind you so that you have the budget and then you got to convince people all the people to come and sit in the theater oh wow yeah so it's like that's sort of how brennan's specialist now too it's like convince him he'll do a good job yeah, and then now okay, now I got to get everyone that comes yeah. to watch it, and so then they'll be like, "Cool, I got ratings." Yeah, wow. Yeah, what did you do in the art world? I was a, I worked for a company called White Cube in mm-hmm. London, so I was a director of exhibitions there for a couple of years. I know that name. Yeah, they they started literally in a white cube the size of this room. It was about, it was about four meters square, um, but we represented Damien Hirst and Tracy Emin and Sam Taylorwood and a lot of young British artists right before the young British artist thing happened. Okay. And so it went from six of us in 1998 to now, I think there's there's over 60 of them and they have what were you doing four for? curating their exhibitions. Mm-hmm. Now they're massive. They, got, they have four spaces worldwide. and To show stuff? Yeah. So they, they show, you know, film, painting, um, sculpture. I just saw the exhibit of that guy who, like, cut himself with glass. Which guy? And film it. I don't know. They had it around the corner where we went for karaoke that time. Like, right around there. Oh, yeah. 
new museum, something like that. <coughs> but he would just put these long sheets of glass on him and then just like just keep switching them over and just keep slicing himself up. Yeah, there's a there's a he lot. shot himself with a with a gun. Who was Chris that? Burden? Chris Burden, yeah, yeah, that's who it was. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a lot. Did you see that guy who nailed his scrotum to the <laughs> red square? <sighs> he did that last week. I don't know if he. Wow. Yeah, he was an artist too. Now I got into this fight with this guy once because I don't know why, but he was talking about some something like that, some some art like that, and he was like, "Yeah, it's an art exhibit," and I was like, "Why is that not a social experiment or a social thing? Like, what makes something art?" So yeah. I thought that sounds like a political like statement. <laughs> like, where do you say it's, it's? I don't know. Where do you say it's art now? Yeah. As opposed to like, Calvin wasn't an artist, right? Where he nailed the whatever he nailed to the wall of the church. I know. Well, I don't know. So anyway, he nailed a scrotum. Yeah. Now, did he just get the sh- like the the loose skin? You know, like did he pierce the scrotum with a nail? Well, you know what? I mean, that's you know, Steve-O does that all the time, maybe too. Yeah, but Steve-O probably would c- consider himself a performance artist, performer, yeah, or something. You know like what that. I mean? So there is a, an element there. Yeah. Where, I mean, the, the definition I like is you know, did it make you think something different? And you know, if it can be. It can, if it can be conveyed, I mean that's the other thing about performance. Performance mm-hmm. art, like Chris Burden, you know, kind of took off in the '60s, but now is back. Oh, really? So, yeah. So people will will sell just a performance. They'll do something like they'll do it somewhere because nobody can buy that. Yeah, and say you know you can't buy the performance, but you can buy the book that documented the performance, or you can buy so a limited a edition photograph of me yeah. nailing my scrotum to the square. Right. You know what I mean? And so there's another like way that they support their lifestyle, which is really performance-based. Wow. So it's their merch. <laughs> Little scrotum balls <laughs> with nails in it. I mean, did he go through a ball? What's your scrotum? What's your scrotum? Is that the taint? It's just the bag, right? I think that's just the skin. Just through the bag. Just the skin. The wow. wrinkly skin. Scrotum, scrotum, just a bag of wrinkly skin. What? Scrotum, scrotum, it's there to keep your balls in. What is that? It's the scrotum song. Didn't did Haxy make that up? I don't know, but it was good. Yeah, our our good. friend Haxy, Brad, I still when, like when we song. were a kid, made up that song. I think, unless uh, somebody else has heard of it too. I think, I think you may. Richard Haxy wrote that song. Richard Haxy, he's a teacher <laughs> in Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> scrotum, scrotum, just a bag of wrinkly skin. Yeah. Scrotum, scrotum, it's there to keep your balls in. It's not bad. It rhymes. It's yeah. pretty short. You can memorize it in no time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> um, so then you started doing stuff yourself. So how'd you raise money the first time? The first time was... Uh, Costs are way lower now, right? They are. Well, it depends on what you're making. I mean, you know, the thing we're making with you and Steve is as low yeah. as we can make it. And yeah. that'll probably end up being like 25 grand. 25 grand. And that's without paying any of you guys. Calling Everyone's going like to have a part of it. You know, yeah. that's to like... You know that's not available to everybody. Hey, just get your most famous, talented friends to give you five days for part of yeah. a movie. You know, like so. When Paulie did his movie, he did it SAG Experimental, yeah, which is sort of the same thing. Which, like, yeah. if I might not ever sell this, it might just be a festival thing, so we right. won't get paid. But if it does, don't worry, you'll all get a piece. So he sold it to Showtime, like a year later, and uh, and all these comics that he called in for favors to do it was like, oh, cool. And he's like, well, what do you mean it's not your money? I just sold the movie, and he just didn't want to pay anybody. Yeah. And he just felt like it wasn't. They didn't do it anymore. What a punk ass! That sucks. <laughs> yeah, I think they forced him to pay. But like, the you know, like that's so, why they have sex. But so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For people like Polly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the anti-Polly union. 
But um, yeah. But so you look at like a budget, for example. Like yeah. I, I always, he used to take Simone's <laughs> when he would pack. So Simone had to pack his bags for him, and not just sell his t-shirts, pack his bags for him. Me and Randy just just sell those t-shirts. But when Simone <laughs> would come back in, like he'd have to repack Polly's bag to go home. And so if Polly's stuff was still in his bag, he would like throw his clothes out of the bag around the room to give Simone something to do. Did to, to watch or just yeah, to make just sure like, yeah, there was sure. labor happening yeah, labor. on his behalf. Yeah. yeah. Just I want to see him like utility. Clean stuff. <laughs> For no reason. Ugh. Anyway, that would be a good documentary if that if he would just do that for real. Polly just act yeah. like himself, but they'd have to really convince him that they were not filming him. They'd have to really let That's him be close. himself. That's close. Yeah, I mean, how far away are we from like when they were doing that reality <laughs> show too? They were calling it a reality show, and he was like, "Guys, you're walking in my sight line, like in the front patio." And people were like, "What sight line, man? This is reality. Like, there's people in your. This is this is the sh- the place that you're in. You're not look- typically in another place. There's just people around. They're fine. You can look anywhere you want." Yeah. He's like, "Yell at them." He made the director yell at the people. <laughs> I still think that be a horrible that, that's Roman. the hardest part about documentaries is just getting to that point where everyone's forgotten about the camera. Yeah. And how long does that take? I feel like even in reality shows, you've got to put them in there for like a month with cameras everywhere for them to finally like let go a little bit. You can't do it right away. Yeah. You're aware. Yeah. Yeah, documentaries too. Yeah, or, or worse, if, if you're aware and you try to help oh. by appearing... Extra More normal, next. yeah. You know what I compare that to? You ever um, find yourself in the same party with an ex-girlfriend uh, that you're not a hundred percent over? <laughs> and man, you guys get into a laugh off of just <laughs> trying to have the best time <laughs> around this side of the room. <laughs> and then you both shout out to each other. Oh, it's embarrassing for both of you. <laughs> I did it with Natasha once at the improv. <laughs> on opposite sides of that. Just trying to out laugh. Fuck. Um, they're like, why are those people calling attention to themselves? Just bringing it back. It's normal here. <laughs> um, yeah. So, wait, why did we get into that? We were talking about the budget. Oh, yeah. Um, Way to go, man. So, yeah. So, like, the first movie we made was, like, $200,000. $200,000. And you hadn't made a movie yet. So, you had some saved up. We made shorts. No, we didn't. That wasn't our money. We raised that money. You Okay. But that was, like, we called friends who had some money. Rich. And then friends who had other, who'd made money. And then they had other friends who'd made money. And they trusted them. And we kind of pulled it together in, like, two months, actually. All from close friends. And then just started shooting the movie. Wow. Crazy. It was awesome. And so they said, okay, we commit this money to you, or they sign a check and said... Yeah, we like put together a little uh, like subscription agreement, which is like a little You get contract. percentage once it comes back? Or yeah, what? saying like, you, know, you get uh, 115% back before anything, one gets anything else back. Oh, okay. You know, so oh, like, so you're like, don't worry, you'll get paid even for sort of you almost get, breaks no, even. You get every dollar until you get 15% on your investment. Okay. And then it breaks up after that. But we ended up making like half the money back. Okay, but people were kind of psyched. I mean, we won an award at Sundance and like half the money back. They they, they just want to be a part of it the same way the, the artists like endeavors whatever they're called. I don't know. I like. I mean, you want to pay them and they want to get paid. It's yeah. a business. But at the end of the day, like for example, somebody put in sixty thousand dollars and they got back like twenty eight. Uh huh. Well, in that year, which when the stock market went up and down, they invested in a film with we came to utah like we went and saw the movie together we won did a, like a speech and then like it went and played in for example one of our 
executive producer's hometown up in, in, in uh, Poughkeepsie, and we talked to her parents after they watched it. So we, all these kind of experiences happen, and then 50% of the money comes back. It kind of sucks that we couldn't. And no one else, so none of the artists got paid because we never right. got past the 115. So, you know, Brad and I never got a dime off it. We just got a movie made. But you get some, like, props, whatever, reputation no, out everything of everything is great like about it. The festivals. You know? And we were super successful that year. It was like 2010, and no one had any money, and we were able to get distribution and sell it and, you know, have a real company distribute it and stuff like that, which. You know, wasn't really happening, especially with people. You know, people didn't know our cast. Steve had just started what, shooting yeah. the league. Yeah. Big Day didn't do shit for him. He was that was came and left in no time. Anything he got from that was gone in six months. Yeah, Punk probably gave him two years. But yeah, he, nobody really knew him. So, um, uh, that must have been a trip to seeing like the first time seeing your movie on a big screen like that. That must have been kind of cool with like an audience. Awesome. Yeah, I bet, right? Yeah, watch, watching it with an audience is... I mean, you guys must get this all the time. You have audiences. You get instant. Yeah. You, like, you know what's working and what's not. We sit in the dark for months oh, going, yeah. I think that's funnier than it was yesterday when you had that thing moved around there. Yeah. We do that months and months and months, and then finally we sit in an audience and, and hope that yeah. it's going to work. Yeah. And then oh, yeah, you, and you have no idea, really. You have no idea. I heard the um, Fairly Brothers, when they shot that scene in Dumb and Dumber, where... Um, Daniels, what's his first name? Jeff. Jeff Daniels, yeah, unloads that snowball on that chick's face. <laughs> yeah. Mary Jim Carrey later. So good. Yeah, just unloads. And they had a take where she got up and her nose is all bloody. And they loved it, but it just continued to test way worse than when they had the no bloody nose. And they just kept trying to test it more and more, and people hated it. And the laughs, they could see the laughs were way higher when there was no bloody nose. But they were like, fuck, we like it better. And eventually they were like, it was the one thing they said, well, just listen to the audience. Like, no one's laughing the other way. So they, so they shot it, it both ways, blood yeah. and no blood. Yeah. Yeah. Or added it with whatever later, I don't know. Probably shot it both ways. Wow. Just her sitting up. Yeah. I mean, it's funny when a lot of... I would think it'd be funnier with the blood, <laughs> the unloading on that. There's a lot of money on the line, though. For yeah. Them. Like, for, for us, yeah. for, you know, most, if you're independent, you can be like, I just, even if I know that's bad, I like it. I like the audience feeling weird mm-hmm. for a second, if that's what it has to be. But if you if you have to... If you're responsible for a bigger shift than that, it might be feel more pressure. Oh yeah, I have heard that you know comedy, you you got to watch out for the blood on on screen. Like it, it could be super violent. Yeah, but if it if if the audience thinks the person really got hurt and loses it, you're 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 yeah. in another genre. I yeah, that is that weird thing. We need a black wink. comedy. Black comedy. Yeah. What do you mean? Oh, dark comedy. Dark comedy. Yeah. yeah. Black comedy is so plain. Where everyone dies. <laughs> That's different. What do you genre. call it when everyone dies, but they're also black? <laughs> but it's fun anyway. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I bet watching people laugh and stuff. I th- was that a comedy? No. Yeah. yeah. It was? Yeah. yeah. And it, Roger yeah. Ebert was there. Oh. Yes. That's nice. We that saw him walk cool. by afterwards. He say anything? Well, he actually had the jaw. Th- surgery already so he kind of walked by and you could see he was like he already looked like a monster was strange and i was like i yeah. think that's roger ebert and our friends the the zellner brothers who are other directors um were sitting next jordan to zellner david and nathan nathan Maybe some they're from, from austin texas okay um and they were like we were sitting next to ebert and so we got reviewed by ebert that was our thing nice what did he say he liked it does he own both thumbs now he's dead i think oh he's he? the one that died yeah yeah. They both he died, died this now. Year. 
Oh, he was the second one who died. Yeah. Who has it now? No they have somebody else that just keeps going, right? I, I, gave, I, I lost on yeah. Roper. I remember watching I was out on like, Roper. Neither one of these guys are... <laughs> it's out. Dumb. <laughs> just some other guy. It's different guys. Movies. It's a whole different show. Yeah. Yeah. I used to love that. Watch their reviews. That was a great show. Yeah, they were great. It was the movies, great. Just, it, them in the balcony. It's amazing if you go back and look at that now. Like That was like... we. I loved it. It was like two... Just like yeah. white guys from Chicago, they would talk about the movie, what they liked, what they didn't like. That's and they, the only way you know about a movie. Yeah. There was no other way to know there about was a movie. No way to know. Yeah. And they would tell you what's good, and like, well, they give it two thumbs up. They each liked it. That's pretty good. And they liked to bicker, so that meant, yeah. you know they liked different things. You knew they liked different things. I would have to flip off when they showed the clips, like quickly flip off, but then try to flip back because I didn't want to see the yeah. clips of the movies I was going to oh, see. Oh, really? Yeah, but I didn't That's want to miss smart. them talking about it. So I had to flip back when it was still clip, and have to quickly go right off again. <laughs> Yeah, this is me when I would see like when I with the movies I know I wanted to see like Batman when the first Batman came out where it was like I was ready for months for that, but when it would come on in a preview for some other movie, I mean I would just leave with my fingers in my ears going la 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 la. Do you read <laughs> reviews now, or do you avoid it? Mm-mm. I just hear from people saying they really like like Fruitvale Station. I saw didn't know anything about it really. I don't I don't have cable so i only watch like tv with like downloaded torrents mm-hmm. so there's no commercials just fade to black right back in yeah so i'm unaware of what movies are coming out you know except for billboards so i go off billboards <laughs> if i see a lot of stars in a billboard and it looks cool i'm like that might be good if it says martin scorsese yeah or what people say but then i go on completely blank i don't even know if it's a comedy or a drama sometimes <laughs> i wish like, i did that man i i like i've I did that like a couple years ago. I can't remember the movie. And I remember thinking, I haven't been to a movie so long where I just didn't know anything about it. Yeah. Because that, you know how they so have the much first better. 10 minutes before that gets into like the plot of it's going to get into? But if you've seen the commercial where it's like, good cop gone bad. And you're like, well, it, when he's good cop right away, like he's going to go bad soon. Yeah. You know? It just that first 10 minutes gets kind of ruined. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like there's a better way. You know who did the, the best? That movie where they took over the plane? The terrorists took over the plane, and then Michael Douglas and Jean-Claude Van Damme, or the other guy with the ponytail. Who was that guy? Seagal. Steven Seagal. Yeah, where they were going back to like negotiate their release or just kick their asses. Mm-hmm. So Kirk Douglas, or one of the Douglases, was going to negotiate, and then Seagal was going to be the ass kicker. Seagal dies on the entry when they break into the plane from yes. underneath. In the first the like, 15 minutes, With, yeah. Total like, shocker. Everyone was like, is this Steven Seagal oh, movie? Yeah, they did a great job of it. You had no Brilliant. idea. Oh, yeah. like, yes. what the, whose movie is it? It's awesome. <laughs> hey, and remember, if you go back and look at that, I think, I gotta. I just remember it this way, the CGI was really funny. Like, yeah. Seagal's body like goes like a paper cutout. Like, oh. Oh, really? <laughs> and floats <Yeah>. up. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's funny. What movie was that? God damn it. I don't know now. Oh. No, not Con Air. Executive. Executive decision? Decision nice. order? Executive decision. Kurt yeah. Russell. Kurt Russell, Kurt not Kurt Russell. Douglas. Yeah. Kurt Douglas is the yeah. dad who he's had the, the stroke. <laughs> yeah. He's got the throat cancer now. He's the stroke. <laughs> With the stroke. Oh, yeah. So he can't barely move anymore. Yeah. That would the other one's got the throat cancer. Michael. From eating, from eating puss. Michael if, Douglas? Michael Douglas. If Steven Seagal was coming down with a stricken Kirk Douglas and Steven Seagal died and you knew the next hour and a half you were stuck with Kirk Douglas with a stroke trying to save the plane. <laughs> like, oh, would you stay? No. 
<laughs> this is going to be a really annoying movie to watch. It's having him and the co-star will be, who's that girl? It's like, please give to the National Endowment. What's her name? That old movie star? You know what I'm talking about? She's no. all old and withered now. She looks like a monster. <laughs> what? Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. <laughs> Catherine Hepburn. Catherine. She's dead too. Isn't she dead too? When did she die? Oh, it was horrible. You're like, oh, you're ruining everything about yourself. <laughs> what was she raising money for? <laughs> she sounded like that when she was 23. Did she really? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's what's, what's strange. <laughs> Didn't suit her at all when she was old. It wasn't cutesy in any way. <laughs> She'd shake and... Talk out of once she had like Bell's palsy and a withered face. Time <laughs> was not kind to her. Um, that's why some people quit being on TV after a while. Oh yeah, they're like, all right, like who? Like Brando was like, I don't want to be photographed anymore. When he got fat, yeah. he was trying to just hide I mean, out. I can see that too. It's like, let me live my yeah. life now. Yeah, it's like, go to I made a bunch man. of money. Like yeah. every everyone's gonna check up on how fat I am all yeah. the time. Yeah, I'm out. There's an island over there. What? <laughs> yes, I'll have that. <laughs> the island. There was another movie like that where they took one of the Sp- Sp- the Hitchcock movies, Psycho, when it was like her for the first like third of the movie. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she was yeah, gone. They, You're like, yeah. Who was supposed to? Everyone thought she was the star. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then it was like, oh, now the only character to follow is the bad guy. Yeah. And we have to root for the bad guy. Yeah. They whole did a whole that whole setup. It was like she stole money. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. We're, we've never seen a heroine who's depicted in such questionable terms at wow. the beginning of a movie. Yeah, because it comes in through the window. Yeah. And, and it, it shows like, it's her all about fucking. her and her, the moral decay of this woman. And then they, boom, they dispatch her. And then you're in a totally yeah. different movie. <laughs> yeah, then it totally is away. Oh, Hitchcock must have had super control over that shit. Right? There's no other way they would have been like, we're going to present a movie that's not really the movie we're going to show. But yeah, he didn't want to ruin it. Yeah. I wanted to see that movie that was out. It was like last year, right? That was about that. It was about him trying to get Psycho made and how he had to like fun part of it himself. And the really? studio walked away from it. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, that what right? was that called? Uh-huh. Is that the golden like the rule of what not to do? Is put your own money into something? <laughs> is that the rule of Every, everybody like, says it? Ev- yeah. Everybody should wants to, but should not do it. Yeah, don't do it. That's what everybody says. So you have to raise. You've done it. You've done it. I mean, you know, this movie we're in now, yeah, and then the movie we released right now, East Nashville Tonight, is we funded ourselves. But that was, that's kind of how we did it. We like said, look, we've been around long enough. We're old enough that we know people who have fans. If they'll do a thing for cost, whatever we can do it, we don't pay any. Look, we're only paying for a house to stay in. We're going to use our cameras. Yeah, you know, we're going to do it the minimum. Right, so you guys own these cameras. Yeah, we have access to them anyway. Mm Hmm. Yeah. So that that cost we own is, two of them. One's borrowed. How much are the, how much are cameras like that? A one thousand each, and the borrowed one is like four, five thousand. Which one's the borrowed one? That one. This one next. The to one you. closest. They're to kind you. of the same. Though. That's They're four or five thousand dollars with the with the lens on it too, huh? Mm-hmm. Wow. And then the tripod's sixty, and there that'll break you. Yeah. And the other tripods are more, you know. But that's what it is. It's, a, it's so you you know. Yes, it's gotten a ton cheaper than when we started. We yeah. when we started making films, we, we had just shoot Super Sixteen, get it developed. Those yeah. cameras were developed. Super expensive. That was a whole other cost. Yeah, you had so to every get... second you were filming was an extra. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know. yeah. Now it's just SD cards that you can write over, right? Yeah, and you can get them at Staples. I mean, it used to be yeah. that you know you ran out of film, you ran out of film. That's the end of your movie. Oh. So this we can shoot and shoot and shoot. It's not always a, a bonus. Why? Because then you end up taking longer. Because then you don't plan as much. Oh. 
Did you, you get go, nicer yeah. stuff out of that? We'll just shoot and see what we get, which is, you know, it's good because it keeps things alive and it's bad because it's messy. Yeah. Probably a lot more to go through, too. Yeah, well, I mean, on the editorial side, Todd usually edits everything, and it's a lot more hours than trying to sort through it. How do you guys split up the responsibilities? I want to get back to how you do the, remind me to get back to the the Nashville guys and how people like with their own followings can help promote stuff. Mm -hmm. But how do you guys split up duties? Like, you guys are a team. Yeah. You ever fight? You ever, like, absolutely not, absolutely yes on stuff? Not on set. Yeah, and not about, like... No, just in theories, though. Yeah, we've, I mean, we have disagreements about how things should go. But we're pretty good about not fighting. Yeah. Um, we, yeah. We look at the, a scene in completely different ways, but we always kind of agree on what we think is funny or what we think is important. Mm-hmm. So even though we, we have totally different criteria, which helps because we're not evaluating the same things in the same way, then we yeah. just come together and we're like, oh, is it working for you? Yeah. Is it working for you? Yeah. And then we know. Yeah. When it locks in for both of us, we're like, oh, that must be it. Because <laughs> we don't. Right. Yeah. We look at things differently. So what do you just talk to each other? It's like, here's why I think we should do it this way. And you try to like listen with an open mind? Or do you? Yeah, we talk, of- we talk a lot. We talk a lot. I mean, how, how it usually breaks down is we're co-directing. I spend a lot of time with the actors. Yeah. And Todd spends a lot of time because he's going to be editing, looking in the monitors, knowing what we're actually capturing. I'm not even really looking at that as much as I'm looking at the actors specifically. Yeah. And so then we do a take and then we meet somewhere in the middle of the, the room and we discuss it and he might say you know I'm not getting I'm not seeing this from that actor and I'll make an adjustment to that because he's watching through the lens yeah and then I'll come back and go well what do you think we need do we need another shot to cover this scene can we get out of the scene this way and he'll go no we need this or that and we'll go and set that oh, so you have to write down like all the angles with a mind to be like do I have enough to cut in back and forth do we have takes that are good on two I mean, times if it's yeah. a big if it's like a more regimented movie it's kind of you have it on paper in front of you too because it's kind of a plan yeah is that rain what is that? whoa is that hail oh hailing oh, oh we gotta get you outside in some t-shirt and shorts <laughs> oh, yeah to shoot the rest of that <laughs> that was the plan today I was like we'll just pretend it's still summer yeah. <laughs> that's a bad mushroom yeah. trip cut this in against our it's freezing July footage <laughs> it's fine Ari chill out yeah that's hail wow I'm just what yeah. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's do that every once in a while. Oh, how much is it? Is it kind of full? So you're gonna edit this in with the with the movie? Yeah. So with we're the gonna untitled Renazizi Barnes Barn the Herb Brothers Barn. What did you call it? Untitled Renazizi Barn Storm. Barn Storm. Damn it. Barn Storm. I really feel like that was the name of that game that he played. Barn Storm. Uh, Barn Storm. Another card for that. Okay. Um, oh, Barnstorm was the name of the group created by Joe Walsh after he left the James Gang, which is another group that I haven't heard of. Hmm. Is it like the real James Gang who used to rob banks? I don't think so. I think hmm. it was probably a uh, music group. You <laughs> <laughs> sort of uh, to refer to stunt flyers. Bone like. Storm. Sorry, what? Bone Storm. <laughs> Bone Storm. Yes. Nice. Uh, he used to do what with flyers? You know, like the early days of aviation, the, the yeah. stunt pilots who went from town to town. Barnstormers. Barnstormers. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was like sports teams. So basically you put a baseball team of all-stars oh, yeah. together and go town to town. Huh. Do you think it's because they had to hang out in barns? That's the only place they could, they could go? Like Jesus? 
the manger. It probably has something to do with Jesus. Yeah, they were poor back then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when we were filming that thing, by the way, so here's what you'd do. So you would get people to, I guess we'll get back to <laughs> what you do as a team now. <laughs> so all right, let's do it again anyway. Let's finish it off. Sorry, you got to keep me focused when I get stoned. So Todd looks through the... Uh, the lens yes. and cover I'm shit watching, like that. Yeah, I'm watching like the monitors. I'm also like, you know, making sure the crew is having a good time, kind of. Like, we've been on enough sets where the crew is like, you know, getting not paid attention to. And it's lame. It sucks. That's their job. And they shouldn't be having fun. Because especially in indie right. films, they're not getting paid a ton. So we like to, it's great to be two of us because we can be sensitive to the cast and crew, which I don't know how you do if you're at directing a thing by yourself. What I noticed is that on shoots at all, everyone like over says thank you to everybody. Yeah. You give me that tape? Thank you. Just like constant, like, it just seems like you'd be like, don't waste your time anymore. We're all just working. But it's the only way you don't get like super mad at each other. It's also so intense and you're stacked so high that the whole thing can get tipped over by one person and everyone's aware of it. Like, whenever you get one person on set who's like, meh, you're like, oh. This is good because we're going to be here for a long time trying to do hard technical stuff. Do you guys get that too? You get that sort of stuff too. We're like, yeah, yeah. Well, so. Eric did a lot of stuff. He was a um, a union AC and did a lot of like real TV shows. Oh, oh you were right. on a real TV show. Yeah, uh, Americans and yeah. So these guys, these guys both quit to join our team with these one thousand dollar cameras. <laughs> you quit the Carrie Diaries? <laughs> no. Wait, that's the prequel to Sex in the City? <laughs> wow. No way. I worked on the, the sequel. Cashmere Mafia. Is the sequel to Sex and the City? Yeah, it? It was around for like a minute. Wait, it was like them as, as like Grant, as Golden Girls? <laughs> no, I think it was just a takeoff. It wasn't oh. a sequel. It was just sort of the <laughs> next show that was like that. Oh. Oh, they're all horrible. Yeah. Sure, there's like, another show on about cooking. There's like seven reality shows about people cooking. Did you, uh, there's a kid one I watched recently. It's three cakes. Really good. <laughs> The kid one? The kid competition one was What, for awesome. cooking? Or just yeah. for being the best kid? No, being the best fun. fucking kid who cooks. They were like oh. they were like chefs with knives who made souffles. Oh, really? It was pretty good. You get behind the fucking company. You're like, oh, I root for that guy. And then yeah. you realize, what the fuck am I rooting for? This, this is kid, a fake competition. This a, is not a real thing that's happening. A kid named Jack from Staten Island, who should have been in the final two, got robbed. Got robbed. What are you three. talking about? Should have been in the final two. They put a girl in when they shouldn't have. You they couldn't should have taste anything. How did you know? It should have been two boys. Those guys were cool, <laughs> man. <laughs> robbed. Yeah, robbed. Uh, Jack, if you're out there, you got robbed, man. I support you. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Jack. Um, so... Um, so you try to maintain that the the, uh, the uh, crew being cool, yeah. Keep like the days as short as you can, and yeah. like don't try to make be super precious about how important your p- part of the job is. Yeah. Um, Do you guys deal with each other's jobs too, like a little bit, like oh, be yeah. aware of what it's the other person's like? Total, it's totally fluid. Okay. And it's hard to tell who's doing what most of the time. I feel like it's the future of all of it. Where maybe there used to be regimented roles, and now it's like we're all just making this movie together. Or it- no. Yeah, I mean it can be. I mean, like that's kind of like, I think it still is a bigger a bigger movies. You kind of still are regimented just because it makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of equipment to move around or people to move. Yeah. But like you know, like when we did the thing, we did. Yeah. Everyone kind of did everything. Like we had Juan on it, who was doing the downloads, and he was doing the cameras. And yeah. So you know, and that and you guys were we were doing making up the story as we went. So people, yeah, everyone we was do. doing four jobs. You know. 
Yeah, Kim was dealing with the fucking those guys that were threatening to sue us. Yeah, she had to talk <laughs> down those guys. What were you, producer? Is that what that job is? That's, that's, that's the role of producer there. Yeah. You put your cutest, nicest girl in front yeah. of the dangerous oh, yeah. guy. Yeah. Oh, especially the stoners that work there. They're just happy to talk to a girl. You got to have girls on set just for that purpose. <laughs> those guys them. were charmers, man. They they played like we were doing everything right, and then they sold us out as soon as we left. Well, no, I mean, you know. We they, said we weren't supposed to use the word pot. We weren't supposed to talk story. about or getting high. Yeah. We didn't. No, we did. We, we did used plenty. to. It was too used what? We used I, I thought sometimes. you were pretty good. Pretty, yeah. pretty well behaved. I think probably those guys told their boss. Yeah, I mean, no, they probably said it a couple times. We tried our best. Yeah. Yeah. They had to say it, though, in case it came out and the, they said, the boss said, you didn't tell me. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And so the boss got mad and he called and I'll sue you. <laughs> she put it, talked to Kim and then... And I then, explicitly said, you know, it was one of those. Oh, 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 I get it now. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. In the future, we'll definitely right. won't say pot. Yeah. My fault. My fault. I get it now. My, I see how you can see that. Okay, a dressing that down. Yeah. yeah. He wanted to give someone a dressing down. Yeah, so you just let him. I gave like him fun. my wife. <laughs> I don't want to get that dressed down. That meanness would have made me so sad. Uh, yeah, to have to deal with it, yeah. just take it in. Whoa. Yeah. Um, it was fun to make though. That yeah. whole scene in the in the pot shop. That's what I mean. It's one of those stoner movies. That scene was one of the good scenes. We we just go over all the different paraphernalia right. in a fun way, where I'm convincing my rich friend to fucking pony up a shitload of cash, and right. I'm not paying for it all. <laughs> And that whole scene was actually shot before we set action. Oh, yeah. You guys were just hanging out. We were setting up the cameras for real. Uh, and you guys were just having a conversation. That helped us be more Because you, more were actually, stuff. you were actually buying him a bong that day. Oh, yeah. It turned into a real thing. So we were actually going to get him a bong. That's what we were calling both of these movies hypothetical documentaries. Hypothetical. They could have. This could have happened. It kind of happened this way, yeah. and and a real documentary is not exactly how it happened. It's, it's how like, they're telling. Well, it. in the meantime, while we're talking about what kind of bongs you're going to buy, here's why we should talk about what bongs you're going to buy. Yeah, and you guys did that crazy, uh, the pretty woman thing, oh, yeah. and then you brought it back. You're like, so what are we doing? <laughs> He's like, are you buying to spend a lot of money? And he said, yes. And then we rang up the whole bill, which was like seventeen hundred. We're like, oh my god, so, oh, seventeen hundred for the movie. How much for real? And he's like, twelve hundred. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, for the movie. Yeah, it was really. Oh, it was yeah. funny how we made that. We bought, that we bought this vaporizer. Yes, we bought this yeah. volcano there. The very one on your because I yeah I had been I had been let me turn it on again. It has an automatic shut off. Um, we were uh, yeah I was shopping for one at the time and I was looking how much it cost but it was right there. I was like I'll just take it back with me right now. No yep. shipment, no signing for anything. Well, in the car ride back, you with the va- vaporizer, so it all was true oh, yeah. in the story. And the, the difference in the story is that oh, Steve yeah. is not quite the pothead he is now. He's an earlier version of himself, whereas you are you now right, with right, drugs. Right. So he had to keep he, – he kept doing scenes where we couldn't – he was too he knew too much stuff. Too much right. with the pot, and then you'd cut out. Like, no, 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 you don't. Here's what I like to do in travel. You're like, you don't travel with pot yet. You're a comedian who just discovered pot. <laughs> I just discovered like a year ago that the that – the, um, uh, Doobie Brothers, that they were like a pothead band. I was like, really? And Rogan was like, yeah, Doobie, man, Doobie. I was like, oh yeah, because <laughs> I didn't know what that was when I heard the name of the band. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you did the same thing. <laughs> Kim, yeah, got filed Kim, away. Yeah, I mean, they're joint. The Joint Brothers is pretty much what their name is. <laughs> like, Doob. You want to smoke some Doob? Um, people say that here. Doob. What do you say on the phone if you have to talk to a drug dealer? Do you have a code? They worry about more than I do. Yeah. Um, what are you being tapped? <laughs> yeah. This co- sometimes you just dance around it. Like, can you help me out? 
I need uh, Hey, what's up? Yeah, hey, what's up? Right, exactly. <laughs> Same as you do with a chick you're trying to bone, you know, that you haven't talked to in a while. Hey, hey what's up? Let me just read this right now, see if they get angry. I don't want to put myself out there. But it's not going to result in something. So I don't want to say, hey, can I have drugs, please? And be like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let them lead with like more pot. Are we talking about? I also have Coke. I'm like, no, no, just pot. It's great. <laughs> they always try to upsell you to other shit. I'm like, come on, man. You know the pot is separate. So you're saying that it is a gateway drug? I'm saying it's not. No, they're trying to upsell they you. Try it, they yeah. try it, yeah. You know what the gateway is? It's a gateway. It's introducing you to that guy. If pot was legal, you wouldn't meet oh. that guy. Yeah. You'd just be going to the store. I have a few friends that have never smoked pot, too, specifically for Anwar and uh, Simone, Steve Simone, who was also in this movie. Mm-hmm. He was playing not himself. Yeah, he's, he's the playing. only guy. Well, we have to clear that up a little bit, too. We, yeah. Because we, <laughs> the whole thing's improvisational. So, A, we, imp- we impro- improvised ourselves into kind of needing to get Ralph Macchio to be in a scene. Right. And yeah. then also, like, with, with Steve Simone, we're like, oh... Steve Renazizzi's real brother is a priest. And yeah. that's awesome. But we he's want, not going to do it. He's not going to do it. Right. So Steve Simone knows a lot of stuff about Catholics. He could probably play a priest. Would he yeah, play the brother? He believes all that shit. <laughs> Get him to do it. Hey, the fucktard who believes everything. So he was cool about it, but we never had a scene really establishing that. So there's just like oh, everyone's yeah. themselves, and then there's one guy who's not playing himself, but he's also a comedian. Oh, we forgot to establish that scene. Yeah. 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 yeah so did. that's what this podcast is about, partly. All right. We're going to film it. So we're, we're, laying, we're, we're establishing it now. We're going to well, say I wanted to do this now. podcast regardless. I wanted to do this before. <laughs> Steve Simone is a comedian friend of Steve and uh, Ari's. Yeah. But he's playing Steve Renazizzi's brother, Greg. We're and, we're fil- and we're filming this, too. It's, it's fine <laughs> now, So right? people listening to it's me. Fine, we're, we're, right? we're, yeah. This is all being video filmed, which you'll never see at home. But, like, I don't know. It'll see maybe a piece of it if you get this movie that we decided to put out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah we need stuff like that to lay in so this will be like the way they do in reality shows where they go to talk to the camera and say you know well I met her and I thought it was going to be this kind of party but it turned out to be yeah we're hoping to fill a few holes with it but also like you know kind of stay within the spirit of the thing with the inside outside thing like we could make a movie of everybody which would be fine and good because you guys are all talented but we can yeah. also open it up since we're friends and everyone trusts everybody yeah. and go oh this is us making a movie Two, and then this is us talking about right. trying to make it and going through the process of it. If you were interested in movies, you might be like, "Oh, if you listen to this and talk about scenes that aren't in it anymore, yeah, you know, follow it all the way through." It might be interesting. Well, it's kind of weird. It's like as you watch the first time, you you kind of come out of the, re- the 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 fourth wall. You break it down like we're making a movie, like you're showing that, yeah, like all right, ready, action. Like you've seen that stuff in Entertainment Tonight and stuff, but then they don't they don't actually go into the film from there. They don't go into the episode of Seinfeld, right? Last time I watched Entertainment Tonight. Yeah. Is that John Tesh? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Man. Mary Hart. Is he still dead? Is he dead? I mean, <laughs> he's, he's alive, <laughs> he's man. Alive. I think he plays uh, really f- um, popular world music. Oh, yeah. He did Something the NBA like theme. Did you see the video of him doing the NBA theme where he, where he uh, pantomimes dribbling? No. You look it up on YouTube. It's really? great. John Tesh NBA theme video nice where he just pantomimes air, it. air dribble yeah it's incredible i mean it's, he's a really? performer man yeah he's fantastic john Tesh nba probably will do it john Tesh nba yeah round ball a, yeah is that <laughs> it is that a stage yeah it's a huge stage <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a massive it's a legitimately massive performance 
but it deserves well, a lot of attention. That there are many different ways to write a song, and the most unusual way came to me when I was in Europe. What's he going to do? So I was trying to write okay. a sports theme, and I did not have a piano in the hotel where I was staying. So uh, the, the lead-up might take a while, but a what? I'm not allowing you talks for it, but it's pretty great, too. You could skip ahead. I can skip ahead? Yeah, quite a bit. I think he talks for a long time. Oh, yeah. Does he bring a basketball out? Uh, he, no, he pantomimes having a basketball. He, doing he plays piano and then runs around pantomiming having a basketball. It's fucking connection here. Let me ask you a question about New York. Yeah. When it rains, does your internet connection go out? Everything's terrible about internet. Hail. Have time Warner. Hails. But it was out last night. Come on! Yeah, that's terrible. You're killing me! Yeah, you're already still... See, living in the 90s! He's still talking, though. You're still oh. too early, anyway. This, uh, this is his song. He wrote this song. Wow, he's got like 30 violins. Wow. You remember this song? Yeah. So he, he plays a little bit behind the piano because he's also the band leader, but he'll come out of there, too. It's also what? He's also the band leader, so oh, he'll yeah. come out of there, too, and dance around a bit. I want to see him dance. I want to see him dance. <laughs> I can't believe there wasn't a piano. Motherfucker, oh, goddamn that whore. That's awful. <laughs> that's awful. Oh, error occurred. You fucking... It's okay. It's not okay. It's okay. I would I'm move. Living in a wasteland. Just move. It's time to move anyway. Yeah. That rent. I gotta figure something out. What did she mean by that when she said we gotta talk to you about about <laughs> the lease? <sighs> it doesn't. I mean, it's probably not going to be good news. Hey, the, the main problem is that I'm not going to be here when the lease is up. That's the main problem. So I either got to extend it to June and just take the extra. Where are you going to be? Why are you in why Los can't Angeles? I, I signed with Gersh. Okay. But, and they're like, when I did, I mean, I decided to come here like a year before I came. And I was like, I'll give it one more pallet season. As soon as that pallet season is done, let's just assume I'm never going to go out for anything. Yeah. Then I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I'll give, give the city their last chance. <laughs> Another pallet season came, went out for exactly zero auditions. You know, so I was like, all right, I'm out. I already planned it. I was already, you know, I might have gone for one audition, actually. No, I don't think any. No, none. So anyway, but then I signed with Gersh like right before I came out. And they were like, you're moving i was like yeah They're like well you can do stuff on tape but like you have to yeah, yeah. you can't not be here for pilot season right so i was like all right so then also it's january in new york i'll be out of here yeah that won't no. be that hard on me no smart move yeah <laughs> so i'll be back in Ayo, but the lease goes up in the middle of march you can't move without being here move all your shit no anyway sorry that was just me venting <laughs> you might be able to i mean it depends on how much money you have but there's certainly services that come and pack all your shit up in new york city um yeah i guess so yeah i know you know not yeah, if you I, want, guess yeah. I gotta figure it out with edgar not letting other people stay here is gonna the fact that they can say at the end of your lease we're not gonna ruin your lease you could stay but that's super illegal though right aren't we in a weird territory at that point well, they'd have to evict you but they'd rather collect a check than evict you because what are they going to do if you write them a check for the next month's rent or better yet the amount they demanded even if they want to get rid of you it'd take them uh, even a if i wasn't in here and just just matt Edgar was here i mean i don't know become try it do it tell us what happened but worst case scenario is they throw all my stuff out on the curb right that is the that's a terrible worst case scenario that's the image that everybody yeah assumes that'd be really bad oh if any of my stuff was just out if i found it just out i'm like i can't ew 
on the streets of New York. That's it. My shirt was touching the ground. On the curb. No. How long would it be okay for? Like, if I saw it go out there, I could take it back in. But if I came back in an indeterminate amount of time, if it's been there for five hours, no way. No, no way five hours. What if you Definitely s- not a day. What if you saw the last bit come out and you had to deduce how long they had been doing it for? Yeah, I might try to drag some stuff back here. But I might feel like, you know how in movies a lot of times when rape victims don't feel safe in their homes anymore? Mm-hmm. I would feel like that. I'd feel violated. I didn't feel safe around the stuff. Not because of them taking it out, because of like the grime of the city on it. Yeah, you know what you have to do for that? What? Scrub yourself in the shower. Oh you yeah, until it hurts, until it peels off, and sit and sit near the drain. Yeah, yeah, it's crashed over. <laughs> yeah, rape crouch. That's the only way to take Remember care that of movie that. Bug. You see that movie? Bug. What was yeah. that? It was a freaking movie where the, all that stuff. Like he, he was trying to like keep himself in a room because things were under his skin literally under his skin coming through his skin like an infestation really fucking terrifying michael shannon he's awesome yeah i don't know scary yeah you do see the one with the eye that goes back and forth michael shannon yeah i don't think his eyes that guy has you ever watched boardwalk empire yeah he's the uh first couple years he's the cop the straight and narrow cop who's got like fetish problems oh yeah oh that guy's great yeah he lives in our neighborhood. No way. I, we, Kim and I saw him playing with his kid at the really? at the playground. Dude, you passed. I was like, be friends with me. Just bump into me. And start talking to me about because you're like, I can't walk over. He's got his yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, I got a kid. We could be Hope, friends. Yeah, yeah. Your kid's a little older, but like my kid's very advanced. <laughs> That's the same thing. Where you try to act uber natural. Yeah. <laughs> but like in a way that was. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Bring your kid to auditions. That's it. <laughs> That's the way to yeah. go. Yeah. Tom Shadyak spoke at my school. At graduation from my first acting school, and um, he said the best auditioners were, were mothers really? because they were like had more going on than this thing, so they weren't as needy. Mm. You know, like this wasn't the end all. But if you're like some 24 year old guy from how like I need this yeah. part so badly, yeah, yeah, you know, it's like dating me... someone you don't want someone who needs it so bad. No, not oh. at all. It's weird. People can see it. Like, relax. We'll go out again. <laughs> <laughs> Chill out. Making me wonder. <laughs> it's um, aiming the ball, right? It's the same when you pitching pit, when or, you, yeah. Or, yeah. Or, yeah. yeah, shooting. So then, okay, yeah. So you're filming a movie like this. It's sort of fun. It's fun to film. You get these cool, fun scenes. And if you put them together, it's the model, I mean. If you put them together in a fun way, then you can get these guys that are in it to just say, hey, guys, you should, what, sell it online for these, $5? These so low-budget ones. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So right now we're selling ours online. Like it's at eastnashvilletonight.com. We did it with a company called VHX. Okay. Who's based out of Brooklyn and they just set it up. It's really easy, like, for people to click and they get the you know, the DRM free movie and you can do whatever you Download. want. And people Roll. have been buying it. Like you can uh-huh. no, yeah, they no send you an right. email and any device any device you want to be on. It's like without uh copyright oh. stuff on so it. Yeah, no, that's how I did my special. Yeah. You get five like H D downloads, five S D downloads and streams or something. Yeah. I don't know, whatever it is. But yeah. you pretty much you get the movie. Here, yeah. watch yeah. the movie. Well people also like and any incarnation because we're selling the movie, yeah. we're selling the movie plus bonus tracks plus uh, past shorts that were related to the. the so you stars. do that, yeah. So they can buy a package with a slider. These are so. all new ways of doing it. Yeah, that's how Renazisi's doing his special online. Like they show whatever, like un, un, or uncensored, not uncut, I guess, but uncensored. At midnight, they already showed it. But then the online, they're like, here's now the full version and uncensored, not yeah. even any FCC shit. And then also, like, the promo videos that you shot, that they're throwing those into. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, here. There's yeah. more stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, price in the package. Well, cents. also, and if it's tied to like much more stuff that we yeah. already that doesn't it doesn't cost any more to give it to them. Yeah, yeah. no, we have it. Bandwidth, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and and what I've think is happening which is what i do is like if you like someone if you like an artist you're not you just kind of want to support them and if you know you're kind of supporting them or it's getting towards them or you're you're sending it to them you're more likely to do it like you're not i don't if i like somebody i'm not like and he puts out a comedy album i'm not going to be like i'm going to see if this is a 2.99 comedy album you know, I'm just going right, to decide. You're just looking for a comedy album, right? You just to support, but also, yeah, yeah, you're like, if it's by the guy I like and he's doing it, I just want to support him. So you get on board with that kind yeah. of thing. So people have like, we put these things with like the sliders on it, and people can put more if they want. Yeah, and people have been doing that. You know, if people want, we put the thing when we put it first online, we put it on for four ninety nine or nine ninety nine with the thing, like with the two packages, and then you could go up for either one. And the average for the first like two months was over ten. Over ten. I did that with my merch recently in St. Louis, where I was just like, I didn't feel, I didn't have anyone helping me sell it, so I couldn't make change or something. So I was just like, God, whatever, whatever you want, it's fine, just pay me. Fine. It was all CDs, and I didn't want to take them all to the next place. Yeah, and it was like yeah. well over what I would have sold them for. Yeah, they're yeah. your fans. Yeah, and they, they want put the money to, in your hand. They want you to be able yeah. to make a living as a comedian. Yeah, and that's they, why I put in my special when you bought it. I, I didn't put like thanks for buying. I put like thanks for supporting me. Like I'll make more comedy now because of this. Yeah, totally. Like, like patrons, up me making everyone, more of this. So yeah. let's just keep doing this. That's Everyone's exactly your patron. Right. Yeah, I've had people come up to me saying like, "Hey, I, I torrented your thing, but here's five bucks." And I'm like, yeah. yeah, it's fair. That's, that's totally fair. That's Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that was stuff like you know. There was some stuff I was reading online recently where people were there's studies coming back to where people are saying, "Yeah, torrenting helps you." Well, the early studies that uh, Offspring wanted to challenge was uh, that they said that torrenting, this is early on, this isn't like today where it's super easy, but like when you could get it if you were in like an Ethernet in college, you could get them really easily, but no one had the super high speeds. But um, the MP3 downloads, what was the first one? Napster. Yeah. Increased record sales by 3%. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And so um, Offspring wanted to try it, and they asked Sony, like, we want to release, we want to sell our CDs, just like whatever. This is before they had really iTunes. You couldn't get it online. Yeah. But they also wanted to put it out online just for free. And Sony was like, fuck no. Absolutely not. Like, we'll be willing to risk the extra. And they're like, we're not doing this. They just, they would not let them. You can't risk that with big. Yeah, and also sets a precedent or something. And I don't know. They're just fighting it too hard. Well, it's a dying thing. I mean, there's a lot of people with suits in a lot of big buildings that have fast cars that don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah, and they don't want to. Like, what if there's no reason for the you? If what if the what if Ari can just talk to his fans always, and it just gets yeah. really easy? To That's do. with Vine now. Yeah. You could put out anything. If you're a star, yeah, and you have a Vine, you what want if, everyone to show up somewhere. You'd be like, hey guys, show, show up this thing. Well, what if put you're it on like, Twitter, or Facebook, and you've connected with them? What yeah. if you're a year away from having an app online that your fans just put information in, and it makes your tour, you know, yeah. easily? Paul Thomas said that. Get me 300 fans. Sign up 300 people, and I'll come to your city. Sure. Yeah, and then and then so then now that percentage goes to you now, and yeah. so how you could have to tour less or do and so those guys like whoa 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 where's our percentage right? That's why divorce lawyers don't want you working it out. But your fans want nine of their bucks of their ten dollar thing to go to you to if go they to can. You. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that thing sounds so weird. This is that the heat. Um, I think that's the new method anyway. It's the new way. Why not? It's like we'll make cool shit and fuck. They have these standards that don't nobody gives a fuck about. I was talking to this guy from Daily Motion, who is French and he lives here, 
but they do daily motion all over the world. Just mm-hmm. a, it's like a you know video and a whatever. It's like YouTube, but mm-hmm. another one. Um, and he said when he comes into the American market, they have to tell him about curse words they can't use and nudity and all these things that they don't give a shit about anywhere else. Like, what do you mean the character cursed? That's a cop. He, he said shit. And, and I was like, but it's the internet. He goes, yeah, that's what I would have thought too. But they come in and say, oh, you can't. This is bad. This is wrong. And then he was asking me about what the FCC like handles. In, and I said, not cable. It's just network. They don't have any hand in cable. The cable companies just do that themselves. They just say advertisers won't, won't come to us. So everyone censors themselves. Yeah. But what that's left is then the, the consumer is getting what they know is sort of a lame version of like Vic Mackey can't curse. Yeah. <laughs> he can only say asshole. All right, that's something. But come on. That's pushing the boundaries. Yeah. He's got a gun in somebody's face. And he's saying freaking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? This isn't the way it would happen. Uh, You're so close. I think it's, it's good. But I mean, you know, it's going to rapidly change. Like from when we were kids to now was like, oh, yeah, barely a change. Now it's like, it's a ridiculous thing yeah. to keep up now. South I mean, Park, South Park, and The Shield; those are the ones that like. Let's change shit. Yeah, and you can't make the world for kids anymore. Kids, kids no want to grow up. Like we had porn in like tins in the in the woods for the whole neighborhood. Like right. that we had ripped out, and now kids are just oh, in like tins, seeing that's it. smart. Yeah, instead of just under rocks and plastic in tins. Wow! wow. Pass it back condition. and forth. <laughs> Very hairy yeah. on the thing. Oh, Very the hairy bush. bushes. Yeah. But, um, you know, now every kid's seen legitimate hardcore porn at some point, right? Yeah. Early. Really but the thing early. is, if you're going to show, let's just say you're showing the, like, the mafia, then it's like, show it the real way. If your problem, like, you can't clean that up. Yeah. Just don't show it. If you're saying the kids shouldn't see this, and just don't show that world. Then have a show about housewives. <laughs> and call it fucking, what's, what's the name of that show that you love for no reason? Because it's insulting the women. No, the one that's insulting the women that you love so much for so long, the women should revolt because female entertainment is so shitty. Yeah, Sex in the City, that one. (laughs) The way no one would ever talk like that, but girls loved it. They're like, we could be one of them. Oh, yeah, because Samantha was so dirty. Which one's Samantha? The blonde. Oh, yeah. From Mannequin. Yeah, she was dirty. Oh, yeah. She was dirty. But she was dirty in 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 like a, yeah. It was a stylized way to be dirty, it wasn't real. They never do the thing with the girls do. Like, no, I didn't fuck him, but they did fuck him. That's true. <laughs> That's bullshit, man. Yeah. The I once had a girl it. say she did fuck me, and she didn't. Why? I don't know. Did it get her anything? Sumi was her yeah. name. She was Indian. We made out. We kissed in the front steps once. Sumi. S-U-M-I. Who'd she tell? All the other, all the other people that worked with me. All the people that worked at the North Hill Service Desk at University of Maryland. How did it come up so often? Because I said I was a virgin to one of them, to Danielle. Daniela. Danielle. And she, she's like, yeah, sure. I'm like, no, I am. That's not what Sumi says. I'm like, I never told Sumi differently. I'm like, you fucked her. I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I wonder if Which she said that about that? more than one. Maybe she said it about you. What if she said it about Sue you? Sue me. <laughs> Would it have mattered if you weren't a virgin? I didn't care that much then. It just seemed weird. No, it wouldn't have mattered if I wasn't a virgin at all. It's weird. It's supposed to go the opposite way. So let me ask you... Wait, let's see what time it is. I do have a spot. Oh, no, we're totally good. Um, What are we saying? Oh, about just getting people the way uh, straight to consumers. Yeah. And a cooler shit that way. 
Yeah, I mean, if we make it, we're trying to make it easy for people. Yeah. And if you make it, and I kind of think like too, like, you know, you selling stuff online or renting stuff or anything is kind of over to you. Just people just want to see it. It's like an impulse yeah. buy. You're like, yeah, I'm high. I want to watch. Oh, we got this white now. A friend of mine, right now, oh, a guy it. I've seen that I like once. Yeah, it made a movie about being high. I'm just gonna have it, watch part of it, watch two minutes of it, watch a bit of it on my phone. They, you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be part of your, you know, library that you can put in your wall anymore of DVDs and you know. Oh right, those are done. Yeah, those are done. Although they look cool, we might make some because it's a lot <laughs> you know of I mean? like fans of like the, the the people in this first movie are people who still like DVDs. Like when oh, right, we, some when we like hard copy. Absolutely. When we do your and Steve's one, it's probably less likely that it's going to matter because your I fans s- are younger. Yeah. Yeah, I saw Burr once after a show. Goes, hey, I got a DVD after the show. If you want to buy something that no one uses anymore, that you cannot, <laughs> yeah, put in your like what are we doing anymore? still? Yeah, but with these, we were conscious of also trying to do something that wouldn't be shown on television. Right. We're like, it's an opportunity to not yeah, we worry talk all about, about fucking mushrooms and weed. Yeah, like for seventy percent of it, and then it's also Steve about writing the material. And those things, just those are just themes that come into play in all of life, probably. Just yeah, like, and there's family on. stresses, and there's uh, the machio problem. Machio problem. Yeah, then that's the plot stuff you sort of threw in. Yeah. Like extra non-related plot. Yeah. That girl, do you still talk to her anymore? Brooke? Brooke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just watched that scene again. It was the one in the, in the you could just see me turn or go like, oh, I want to fuck you. Like, you could just see it turn to me, <laughs> where at first not, and then like... Because her character was coming on to Steve in the bar, yeah, and he wasn't yeah. gonna do anything. But once I see a girl coming on to someone, and I could tell like he's not he's not gonna go for it. Yes. So then it's just like there's just meat left there, and like, oh, you're not eating that? Can I eat that? <laughs> We've got good reaction shots from you too. Some good some good looks <laughs> yeah. that are solid. And the only thing I didn't like is when we're leaving the firehouse when Brenda's, when yeah. Simone's trying to and I, I look like I'm like waiting to say something, and then I kind of like. Sluffer off like oh hey, nice to meet you and like looked away mm. I was like that looks like I'm trying to play some game ah we can yeah. change that yeah. oh. that's the other spirit of these things normally the subtitle Ari would like to just yeah. note he's just uncomfortable and he's not trying to um, play some game on someone <laughs> yeah but we can also edit that like that's the kind of different thing about this one like, if you have a big movie you have to everyone signs things and you have the more defined roles because there's a lot riding on it this is like we made it together honestly if I wanted everyone to be comfortable and sort of take risks, so if I cut something and you're like, eh, I can go, I can see if we can edit that differently. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can be part of it. Yeah, because everyone's doing a favor for everybody. So yeah. it's like, sure, let's make sure everybody's happy. Right, let's yeah. make a movie. But and now, also, what if somebody said, I don't want you to use me anymore? In the movie at all? Yeah. Someone like I mean, Court. Would, you know, it would have to be... Like someone would be big. But for the same reason, you know, th- they'd have to do it to everyone. Yeah, you wouldn't have gotten those people anyway. And everyone, yeah. you know, everyone, you'd have to be like, well, does all your friends not want to be in those scenes? Because we can't really do that. But, you know, that's a, you can do all the do- doomsday scenarios possible, but you have to make the movie first. Just yeah. start shooting. Yeah, people get worried about that later. and they don't move forward. Yeah, that's, you, and, and it's so scary to make a movie that it's so fun to think about those things and get the hell out of it, get oh, out yeah. of its way. Be like, I would have made a movie, man, but, you know, I got to get rights. And then Young uh, Comics do that Ari's too. agent. is going to steal your jokes. I'm like, just fucking do your, that happens b- rarely. Just do your yeah. jokes. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like the whole, you know, I get too involved in, you look at all like the crime statistics go down nationwide all the time for 30 years and everyone's scared all the time. You're like, why? Why is that? Yeah. We're always getting pushed to the extreme. Like, we immediate, immediately scenario. go, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? And it never happens, or very rarely. Very rarely. And so you spend all this time where you could be like going, this is great. Whenever Rogan, because he won't smoke pot with fans, 
He's just, I mean, celebrities get this weird thing, which I get. They live in a some weird fishbowl and they're, you know. But stand up just, I mean, he lives in the middle of nowhere, but he just gives out his address. He's like, stop by if you're in Bisbee, Arizona. <laughs> no one ever is. But like, um, the ones in LA and New York aren't going to do that. But he won't smoke pot that people give him. And he's like, well, you never know. I'm like, oh, did you hear about that one guy who got laced? What's his name? Who's that comic that got laced with when he smoked weed? He's like, oh, who? I'm like, nobody, ever, ever, <laughs> ever. And we all smoke pot with fans. So, like, what are you talking about? You're not having fun because you're worried about something that'll never happen. Yeah. What are they going to lace you with? Yeah. Better weed? <laughs> angel dust. Isn't that what it's always yeah, laced angel with? Du- who's who's angel wasting dust. their angel dust? Yeah, man. Who has an- nobody has angel dust. <laughs> it's not even a thing that's around anymore. Angel dust. I heard about angel dust. You didn't need, when you were seven. You know what it makes you do? It makes what? you fight cops. Oh, really? Super strength. That's what I remember about angel dust. I always thought, those guys are riding motorcycles, and if you try to arrest them, they are extra strong. They're extra strong. Yeah, extra strong. You can jump out of a window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yours was window-based. But that girl, man, that was fun, that whole thing. I saw. So here's my question. I have right. a question. Because Simone and her got into a fight. I know, in real life. In real life. Big time fight. On the way to what? Get I heard about or something? it. Yeah. On the way to get food. Yes. She was talking about wanting to have kids or something. Uh-huh. And he was like, you should not have kids. You're in no shape. You're a single mom. You're an actress. You can't do anything. You barely support yourself. <laughs> She's like, but I want to. And Steve Are you editorializing at all? Uh, yeah. No, that was just, but I want to. That's just totally. And she was like, no, but I want to have it. She had baby fever. Mm-hmm. Worse than anyone I've ever seen in my life. She, had, she, was, she came down with a baby fever. I didn't even know there was a fight at all. I missed no, the whole thing. Oh, yeah. It was off, you weren't there. I wasn't the there either. Fight. It was, a, it was a, supposedly a fight in a uh, restaurant. Big argument. They all, everyone got uncomfortable. Kim and everyone else was like, ooh. Steve Simone? Did. I heard they got, <laughs> they got in a, I heard they got in a fight about like, like babies, having babies, yeah. and responsibility, and it was kind of personal. And she was like, you should, you're not one to tell me that. Because why? You brought it up to me. Why wouldn't I tell you that? And then just went, they just both was let go. Wow. Yeah, I wish I could have seen it. That one I would have gotten uncomfortable for. Oh, see, that would have been worse. Yeah, I mean, that's... Well, that's the thing. We were, that's the you know, we're, we're, we were When catch. we're shooting those, we're trying to catch something as close to that as you can. Because you're yeah, not going to get CGI that. a, a, a frock <laughs> on them or something. Because you're like, they're just acting completely like a priest right now. So, yeah. Wow. Frock, is that what that but is? Like, yeah. So, like, so Steve has a cool part in it. Too. Like, So, you know, the, right now we have a long scene with him and Steve Renazizzi at mm-hmm. the end. Which is kind of a, a funny scene to have in there because it's a comedy, and then that's got that's got like a different tone to it. Wait, is that me and and then I come then in you at the come end? in at the yeah. end? Yeah. yeah, and I like you know there's a I, we have to edit that, and I wonder you know I'm kind of wondering what people like or don't like or what their favorite parts are about mm-hmm. that scene because because it'll help me figure out how to tighten that up. And, but I like that counterpoint too. Like he, he he's a good character as the brother because he handles that beautifully. Yeah, um, and he and he knows Steve, and it's kind of close, but. It's hard to sort of find the rhythm. Well, here's of it. what with expression and stuff. Like, let's say what really Steve, let's say Renazisi, if he was making this about himself, what he'd be trying to express not is not that I have this priest brother, but it's really that I have this father figure brother that looks down on me from a perch up on high. You know, so if you don't make him a priest, if you make him something else instead, it, you still have that same feeling. You know. Of needing to impress them. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're trying, yeah. If you're going for the dynamic. Yeah. So that's when you can tweak the exact, dynamic. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to have the exact, exact reality of what happened. You just, but you want everyone to understand the feeling of it. Yeah. 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 You can just make Steve a brother. 
Does he even have to be a priest? Well, he has that priest. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then and you then, can barely see it when it's half open. And no, it's like, it looks so like nothing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, and then we kind of addressed that with, the court, with the court thing. Which it doesn't even look like a real thing. <laughs> a priest outfit. Yeah. But, you know, like we were sort of, you know, again, it's like an improv your way through it. So we're like, which makes the most sense? What's the funniest way to go? Because we could drop that. We could make a point more, a point of it. Yeah. We could talk about it. Because you have more stuff that you can like, use up and down. Yeah, and we can move stuff all around, too. And we still want to shoot like a finale, like an HMS Pinafore thing, which we hope you'll come out and sing a little for. Yeah, sure. We, are, we already talked to the New York Gilbert and Sullivan players. I will once be a man on the... Pi- I don't know how that goes. Um, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so it's exactly like that. Uh, can we get me a vocoder? What's that? Those things that evens out to even notes every part of your uh, voice. Mm. Oh really? Yeah, they do that in like. It's like they just make you sound like they do an R and B now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so you hit one. perfect notes every time, so they can make. Any, they did that guy who uh, the next door that. neighbor, the next door neighbor from the guy who discovered those people in Cleveland. Remember him? No. Remember the guy who the had the guy who saved the torture in yeah. Cleveland? The guy who saved them. Oh yeah. And he was like, I was eating McDonald's, and uh, <laughs> this guy at so McDonald's gave him like yeah, yeah. a free year. That's McDonald's. right. And this, I I eat ribs with the, this man. And then somebody vocorded that and set it to music. And it was like, I ate ribs with this man. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so, so like, do, but you can set it to vocorder. You can make anything sound good. So let me have one of those. Absolutely. Yeah. Rendition of the Absolutely. Absolutely. We wouldn't All think right. of not doing it. That's right, part excellent. of the finale. So here's my question, though. Okay. When Simone met, when we did that scene, we're in the firehouse. And Simone's character, Greg, meets her. Had Simone and her already had that fight at that point? No. They had not. Oh, wow. I, did, I guess wrong. Because when she was like, hi, nice to meet you, Greg. He goes, Gregory. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he wow. must already hate her. I thought he was, yeah, I thought he was playing the protective brother. Like he was, pro- oh, get this girl away from my... acting like a, a choice of his. That's what you did too, Kim. Hey. You were like, excuse me. Yeah, he's married. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what Kim would do in real life. Mm-hmm. Really? I would think. Yeah, probably. Back, I mean, when she was yeah. living with Stephen oh, yeah. Tracy. I was allowed to do all this stuff. She got so mad at me when I got married. Really, I forgot about that. I was supposed to pick you up from the airport. And I was like, can't on my honeymoon. And you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what did you think of that? Give her the mic for, for a second. Throw her that thing for a second. Here, here you go. What did I think of what? Of that, when, when, when you heard about all that shit. I thought it was a big... I thought you were punking Steve because he had just gotten unpunked and you're we thought you were literally just punking us so you're like no way this is true I, I still don't believe that it's true because you left for Christmas break you le- and you said you would pick us up at the airport when you got back and you didn't <laughs> extenuating you, circumstances you were on your honeymoon I was on my honeymoon yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you got married at the comedy store by Mike Black and it just blew our I didn't did I invite you. you I did invite you, you guys did, no you didn't you didn't, didn't invite sent, us at all I sent out emails all right, we were already knew, on Christmas vacation. Maybe I knew vacation. you guys were going to be gone. You guys were already going to be gone. That's why I didn't even... Yeah, so that's why we thought it was a big joke. And then this girl was there. When we came back, she was your wife. And then she never left. Yeah, for she like, didn't leave. What, two years? How yeah. long were you married? How long were you married? Three years. And then we like separated for a while. but still like dating as, as a married couple, I guess. Really? Yeah, we were just like, this doesn't work. And so she was like, yeah, I'm going to move out. But then we kept, just kept dating, which was actually kind of fun. Mm. I was like, oh, a lot of responsibilities going now. Wow. And then eventually just, that didn't work either. And where is she now? Like Valencia or something. Mm-hmm. She's super religious. Is she married again? or? I think she already got married again once, but she was married twice before me. I was going to yeah. say, you were like her third time around, she right? She loves getting married. Yeah. <laughs> she loves it. 
I got her a job that time, remember? What, getting married? Oh, yeah. With that kid who bit. <laughs> bit her. She had to go to the emergency room. What was that kid's name? <laughs> no, I don't want to say Okay, don't wrong. say the name. But, yeah. She, she was autistic and... Um, they were she, both yeah. behavioral therapists for autistic yeah. kids. Mm-hmm. Oh. This kid bit her. Yeah. Arr. That's tough. Yeah. yeah, that's tough when you go to work. and Yeah. She had a job once where she had to, like, teach kids... They had to get them started early. Once they realized they're autistic, they had to get them like trained to be socialized, and um, so she had to teach this kid how to deal with loss. So she would give this kid a chocolate bar, and the kid would get it open. She goes, "Ah, oh, sorry, I can't have it," and she would pull it away, and she would let the kid go nuts, just not and just not ever give the candy bar back. Whoa! Just have to how to accept things that aren't going to go your way, and this works. Yeah, and they're like, "I'll kill you!" It's like, no, that's not going to get it done. I'm sorry. I realized you have to eat in two hours, so you can't have this. Wow. Yeah, and they just would not give it back. And then they would get calmer and calmer. Sounds terrible. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so Simone and Brooke fucking... Yeah, so we missed that. We missed some of that life. But we had... had, I was so turned on by her for a while. But man, Mm -hmm. once I realized she wanted a baby that bad, I was like, I cannot... I can't be in a room alone with you or something bad's going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I saw you ask her for a number, which I thought yeah. was well done and smooth. That Thanks. Before, that was before all this. Handled it nicely. Yeah, you saw it. How was it? Yeah. It was cool. Really clean. You just kind of went and made your intentions clear and she was cool with it. Yeah. And then I, I saw you gather the information at a later time. Yeah, I was lost to you. We don't have to do No, this. no, you got that. I mean, the gather the information about oh, the, the rest of it. There were babies and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you walked you, away pretty you, cool. You soured on that. Yeah. You could tell, but I knew you. I knew you a little bit too, yeah. so I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> we'll see about this. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, "This is precisely not going to work." <laughs> yeah, almost perfectly down the middle. You should have told me. I, if uh, circumstances were a little different, I could have fucked her in the fire room yeah. in that firehouse. Like if she came on to me hard enough, it just would have happened. There were opportunities. She's got oh. a really cool energy about her. She's really fun. Yeah. yeah. She's well, she'll awesome. be back for the finale, too. I knew her when she was 13 and I was 17. We were oh. in a movie together. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, she was fun as shit. She's yeah. awesome. I, I see so many girls now with baby fever. Mm. Well, she also amazing thing. She put it in the movie, too. Her character in the movie just got a divorce and just like packed up her house in L.A. and left. And that really is true. Like she was just oh yeah that's right just off of that and she was like oh, I want yeah. I want to use that oh, so she had that going for her too where it's yeah. like it's time to experiment again I got to get out there I'm I'm ready to fucking do shit right so yeah. she was like you know she was just just free. free again and she and she's a really open person like you could tell like her performance she's like live to everything and you know yeah, she jumped right up on that full floor. energy yeah. yeah she's pretty fearless yeah. Yeah, we caught you because you were in real life. You were going to ask her for a number, and then in the movie, you were turned on by her too. So it was easy to capture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did pretend like I was beforehand because we shot some stuff before I met her that was supposed to be after I met her. I think so. The and you're like, hey, stuff? she's going to wear an orange dress or something like that. Yeah. So I was had to like just talk about an orange. Oh, dress. Oh yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah, that with the one she's in the bar with the orange dress, dress on. Right. right. Yeah. 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 We had to drop a little thing because you can't write it, but so we have to keep yeah. track as we're going. Going, what's the narrative and how can we have references and what? And so that's why we always kind of went back to the same subjects. Like, okay, now we're the mushrooms, and now we're going to oh, talk yeah. about the comedy. That must be hard to keep track of and stuff, especially for movies like this. It is, but you kind of let it take its own animal on and then play with it. You know, you're, you don't want to totally control it. You guys are kind of saying things, and we're like, oh, that sounds cool. Right. Let's so remember that, that. And, and then write it down. And then the next scene, we go, oh, let's talk a little bit more about that. But we just had to keep track of 
shirts people were wearing. <laughs> we fucked up the shirts. Sure I was like, what is wrong? What's, is this today? Is this supposed to be, this was supposed to be in three days? Well, also, that's the other thing, too, is everyone was stoned. Yeah, so the whole time. It was a stoner yeah. movie. There was that scene where me and St- I was teaching Steve, uh, uh, easy how, um, how to smoke out of maybe the vaporizer. And in the meantime, while we're, we're like waiting to like to shoot, we're like, should we smoke a joint? Yeah, I'm like yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> like as we're getting ready to smoke a shitload of pot. Yeah. There's a scene. There's a scene Pulling when he's on the long bong. Okay. The battery. Keep, keep going. There's a scene though where uh, when he's dr- when he's driving into Brooke's house to meet her. Yeah. Where I'm in the car with him, and before we go in, we're waiting to roll, and he drops his one hitter. And loses it, and he has to get out of the car and like reach under the seat, and he can't find it. And he has to go in the back seat and cr- crawl underneath. And there's a there's a child seat back there, so he can get his one hitter and sit back in the car and smoke it. Now, uh-huh. all that's ho- awesome and hilarious, and not in the movie uh-huh. because it he's a guy who doesn't smoke. Yet. He got taught about one hitter later. Yeah. So, oh, we're, right. but uh, but also like we don't know what a movie is. Like you were saying, it's we're, we have, we live by all these rules, and it doesn't matter how long something is. Maybe this is a 55 minute thing that has some scenes in it and has some people talking about scenes and has some behind the scenes stuff yeah and in real life too it's like if somebody's like weren't you wearing that shirt yesterday and you're like yeah <laughs> you don't have to like yeah. or or people won't say anything it's like you can wear the same shirt or in a week you're like yeah I wore it right before the laundry and I'm wearing it again yes yeah. or, or I wear a t-shirt underneath it yeah. and it's my warmest shirt and I'm just gonna keep wearing the same one but it's yeah, also but funny to trying to keep to, track yeah keeping track's funny track. like who cares like that was what was great about the thing it's like everyone was a professional performer so everyone knew what we were doing we were constantly working no one messed anything up yeah. but we were live to what people wanted to do so we you know like we did the when you guys do the foot race in the field we just like drove up yeah the field, field. You know, like go that this is cool. what the scene's about it looks great right glad the way you did it the way you showed it this way because you <laughs> shot it um uh where the first race which run is ac1 mm-hmm. and i was hoping that you would show the second race that i won because if you go one and one and fucking david beats goliath you'd want to have the david one on there i'm not athletic in any way <laughs> and steve fucking chicken parmed out while he was there and somehow let me beat him in a race but you just showed the first one. You didn't just really show who won. But that's why. So I'm glad. All right, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> the, the extras. The what? The extras oh. will be for sale. I want to get the look on his face when he could see that I was I was lapping him the second time where he wasn't gonna catch me. Just the look of like, oh, oh, what? Ari? No. You were really fast. I was not really fast. <laughs> You're. I really gave him my all though. I didn't quit. Uh, You're a really fast guy. He thought he could. T- <laughs> um, yeah. It was fun. What else did I notice about that from the reality stuff? Yeah, talking about mushrooms, too, was cool. Yeah, we had a little of that. Well, also, I wanted to set up a little bit more because we got to talk a little bit about you guys doing the hours, like yeah. the, the kind of comedy talk, which is, okay, do you ha- owe an hour now every year since other people do it? And different comedians, what they're like. Oh, yeah, they were talking about well, Louis C.K. gets to go up. That's what Court was telling. Court was decided, like, don't do a new hour. Right, you like have, have you're on you're on Play TV. The These are people yeah, fans you're a TV you. star. To develop a show over time, yeah, for fans. And then your side of things is the oh, you do a whole hour every year. I do a whole hour every year. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, or like you're never going to write anything, even if it's not in a year. You're never going to write anything if you don't drop this whole shit. You're right. just not going to. You're going to turn to the Craig Shoemaker, who's done the same act for 15 years, and it's like you you know, you can see that as a possible future. Those guys were all respected. All those guys that we all laugh at now, it's like they're all washed up. They were all respected. They fell into the same traps. So what's going to happen to us too? It's going to happen to a lot of my peers. So we got to fight against that. 
So you got to put it away even though people are laughing. Sure. Yeah. So Louis does this thing now. He'll do an encore. He'll do the 45 or an hour and then come out for an encore, which I've only seen Jake Johansson do. It's the only guy I've ever seen do an encore where they would not stop clapping. And it's eventually it's like you just look over and he's there and like, oh, and he's like, oh, and you're like, uh, all right, come on out. And so he'll do the old favorites in the encore. Yeah, Louis C.K. is like, what he did that he said the one time, the first time he did, he goes, okay, that was, that's all of it. I'm out of it. I'm out of material. Right. You just saw all of what I have now. So if you guys want something else, let me know what you want. Yeah, and then they would just yell out Joe. So he's like, all right, and he would just do that bit. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. I, I kind of like that because it works as a show that way. Mm-hmm. In terms of like a, you know, you end with Freebird. Or, you know, the I like hit. it. As a fan, I yeah, like that's, it. That's what I mean in terms of watching a show. I saw Jim Gaffigan do that in Austin. Did 45 minutes of hilarious stuff. But then he ends with like, all right, so it's about time to go. I'd probably just go back to my hotel and make a hot pocket or something. And everybody <laughs> goes nuts. <laughs> they're all like, ah, oh, they all like pretty much get on their feet. Yeah, they're so excited. And he's like, here comes 15 minutes of what you love. Yeah. I got a little tingle up my spine when you say <laughs> Really? That. Yeah, I mean, it's a thing. Well, you know, it's like, like playing the first three chords. We were even- knows what the song's going to be. It's like, I'm doing it! <laughs> It's coming. Yeah. But that's real for, even if it's not big, it's real for like every fan. And like you and I were talking about, we're going to shoot tonight, you doing stand up that's supposed to take place in the movie at some point. And yeah. like, and when I first talked to Steve about it, I was like, oh, I want to shoot stand up. And we didn't want to necessarily shoot everybody, but now we do because it's a movie about stand up. So we want to get you and hopefully Steve Simone when he's here. And so we can cut back and forth, you know, to those kind of things. But when we first talked about it, we were like trying to be sensitive to like, okay, we don't want to blow a joke for your next special or, right. you know, people want to be that careful like that. And I think, you know, that's fine because for me, I saw your special. I bought yeah. it and like, Thanks. and, <laughs> but if like I see one of those jokes again and it's different, it's evolved two years later and it doesn't happen all the time, yeah. that's a kind of fun, rare bird to see too. Oh, right. You know, you're not owed new stuff all the time. Nerds like it's like, like it sometimes. Nerds, the comedy nerds like the little tweaks. It's not yeah. even comedy. Oh, you, did nerds. It, you did that tag instead of that tag first, yeah, yeah, huh? Yeah, sure. But it's like, but that's true of everyone, and that's just their level of interest. But anyone likes to congratulate themselves for knowing a thing a bit, especially mm-hmm. if it's not just all the same thing. You're like, oh, you know, you elbow. This is the good part. Yeah, your buddy yeah, who yeah, never yeah, been yeah. there before. In St. Louis, me and Diaz went up in St. Louis, and they were they projected not projected, but uh, put the audio of the, what was going on inside on the outside bar, so people could listen and watch through the, the glass doors. And I was out there while he was on. And he was doing some bit, and I saw two guys go, oh, this is, he did this one on whatever album. And I was like, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, it is cool. Why wouldn't he be that way, though? Like, we were just doing a, a Carlin bit today. As, really? <laughs> what was it? Is it meat cake? Yeah. Could be meat, could be cake. Could be, it's like part cake. of our growing up. We just yeah, hear the joke and then say it back and forth to each other. say it over and over again. But if you get to the point where you're a comic telling the jokes and the whole crowd is talking along with you, then it's like, what are we doing here? Yeah, right. that's the... Yes. Yeah. Well, you're not no. even laughing. You're doing, appreciating it on a different level. That- but you can give you can give b- maybe parts of all of it, or different. Like you're doing storytelling, so different shows. Because now we're we're in a world where people can look at everything in YouTube over and over again. So, right. you know, you trying to stay away ahead of that is huh. is, is not I necessary. Really think of it that way because I, I I'm realizing now because once I do those things on those stories on the on the web, then the same thing is like people have seen. I'm not going to do them again. They've seen them, but. I like watching a comic tell a story. I like, like watching my brother tell the yeah. story twice because this stuff changes, and I'm like, yeah. "Oh, that, that I didn't know about that. That's interesting. You is he embellishing for the people in the room, or is it? Or you just forgot a, part. a detail? Yeah, yeah. yeah, the part yeah. that didn't go well in that story. We edited out parts of a lot of these stories. I'm like, it didn't go anywhere. It's just an, something that happened, but yeah, we yeah. can lose it. 
Well, that's what we're talking about. So say you put a bunch of that point. stuff together and it was yeah. enough stuff and you said, look, this is a bunch of stuff. I'm, I'm not going to necessarily put it all out there, but if you want to support me, it's five bucks. Yeah. You can have a bunch of stuff and like see these stories in different ways. Like Maybe people like that. You can find out. Adam Ebay, the manager of the comedy store, uh, did you see my special? No. no it's okay. Um, <laughs> ooh, get out. Ooh. But I tell them a story about covering Bobby Lee's car and shit. Yes. And uh, the windshield wipers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. <laughs> What a fun night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a pink dot bag that I shit into, that I shut upon. <laughs> we put it into the toilet in the girl, it was the girl's bathroom of, right when you go down the steps of the yeah. store. Yeah, I went in there and rested that inside and just oh. filled it up. But, uh, oh, I did see that. You did? Yeah, All right. <laughs> yeah nice live. That was great. Yeah. That's very believable. That's that. total lie, but you got me for a second. I was like, oh, okay. No, you did not. Um, but then later, the part of the story I had to take out was a, a year later, me and Jim, the guy who did the spackling, mm. drove down to La Jolla, and I took that. Um, so we got Duncan, who was a talent coordinator at the time, mm-hmm. and so we heard about all of it, and we found out. Did I tell you this ever? No. So we all thought it was hilarious. And so Duncan called Jim and said he was a direct conduit to Mitzi, kind of like your Pope for you guys mm-hmm. in your fake story. Um <laughs> So the guy, yeah, the guy who covers up rapes has a direct conduit to God. So <laughs> maybe maybe be atheist instead of not be Catholic. Um, uh, yeah, it's either God saying it or your stories are a lie. But uh, so he said Mitzi found out and got really mad. She never found out. She never would. But she go, he goes, she wants to know what happened, and so he, he she wants you to write an apology letter or something like that. So he wrote this two page letter that just sold me out one hundred percent because I did not want to do any of this. Ari stopped me. He made me. Oh, yeah. He was like, he would not let me leave um, the parking lot. And he was like, he, we both covered it, which is not true. He was the only one who covered it. I did not do any of the covering. I just did the shitting in the bag. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. And, um, and so I was like, that motherfucker selling me out. So then a year later, we went to San Diego. And me, Rick Ingram, and, and Jim Painter went to San Diego. And I, I saved that note for like a year. And I folded it up. And we went to Tijuana. We had a fun time. And then with the last show on Thursday night, when all the people have to come out to, to L.A., I made sure we were the last ones on of the L.A. people. And, uh, yeah, when Jim was on last, and I just folded up the note, I wrote rat on the outside, and I handed it to the door guy, and I was like, hey, when Jim gets off, can you, can you give this to him, please? It was just his note. And I told Rick Ingram, I was like, hey, I'm leaving, going back to San Diego, to L.A. right now. You can come with me, you can stay here, I don't care. And he was like, what? Uh, can you tell me why? I was like, yeah, but I'm going right now. I'll tell you in the car. And I was like, sure, I'll come. <laughs> and then we just left him there. No. In the days when we didn't have any money. Oh, you're man. You're an assassin. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to steal his wallet, too. I wanted to take cold. his wallet. Oh. Yeah, and then we got all the way back, and then I was hanging out at the comedy store in L.A. for a while, and then I got a call. I was like, um, Ari, where's Jim Painter? Because I just got a call. <laughs> <laughs> Don't rat on people. Rat. That's... Tough. Yeah. Does yeah. that make you feel guilty? Do you get a guilty that now? No. When Only you pride. do things like that, right. no, I felt justified at the time. Justified. Now it's way too harsh a punishment for. I mean, he felt like he was never going to get spots again. Of course, he would like sell me out. <laughs> the most important thing ever in a comedian's <laughs> life. We made him feel like he was up against the wall. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to get out of it. That's how they do it, man. Yeah. They separate you. We always also knew that about Jim Painter. We have the AA thing of like knowing, pe- loving people for the, their faults. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We just knew he would be the first guy in like Nazi Germany. Like he would be the Jew that ratted on other Jews for like an extra to live in the big house for a little while longer. There should be a word for that. It is. What is it called? What's that I don't word? No. 
Do you guys know? It's it's people who join up. Collaborators? Collaborators. That's what it is. Mm. He's a collaborator. Yeah, he's a collaborator. <laughs> yeah. Dude, instantly. Um, hello, we are coming to this town. That's horrible. Oh, I'm bad at accents. Yeah. just my worst skill. You, I like how you I'm bravely supposed, step into it, though. I'm supposed to be German. That wasn't even like... They're in the attic. Um... Yeah. So what are you going to do with this movie? Try to finish it up? and The one we're making? Yeah. So we're going to take this. We're going to shoot you tonight doing stand-up. We're going to shoot a scene in a, with a girl Yeah. in your apartment. Yeah, and then, the big bedroom oh, yeah. scene. I'm going to shoot that. And, so we're going to, and then we're going to try to go back into this, the movie. And, so, and we want notes from you. Like, what's the strongest points? What's the weakest points? What should we take out? Uh-huh. Uh, fill some holes. And then we're going to try to do this finale. I saw like, a couple of notes of like, of, like, start the scene two minutes later. Yeah. Or whatever. Dude, we yeah. want those, man. Because we want to make it a collaboration and figure out what it is. It's going to have probably some of this podcast in it. If we can get a Gilbert and Sullivan thing going, we want to make it. Oh, so like what we were saying before with Court not being able to... Uh, like There's a scene where Court uh, has to do like 20 extra minutes because Renazizi isn't right, there. Right, right. And he's out of material, so he just does Renazizi's material. Right. He's opening for him. Right. And like not to steal it, just be like, I had nothing else, man, so fuck it. And so Steve was like, had to do right, the, whatever it was. But stuff, we didn't yeah. set up that those were Steve's jokes. Right. Yeah. So how are you going to do that? So how are you going to set up the court is doing Steve's jokes right now? Like, I'm going to answer your question right now. Okay. Yeah. Say, Steve, court is doing Steve's jokes right now because Steve did too many drugs and uh, he's trying to drive to the venue. Right. You know. And so if we can splice this in. Oh, that at this point. You know, because we're kind of inside right. and outside the movie, so we maybe can talk about it now. If you say like, use this podcast that you're filming. Well, I don't know what we have yet. I'm kind of open right. to sort of everything, and the way we were making it, I was just sort of following what the story seemed to want to tell me. That's why it's cut fat right now. You know, we we have like an 81 minute cut. We're going to knock that down a ton because yeah. we want to add the stuff we're going to shoot tonight. We're going to add, uh, we're going to add like the Gilbert and Sullivan stuff. Dude, if we pr- get, it's pretty. That's a lot of funny scenes. There's a ton of funny shit already because they're real people, real relationships. Yeah. You know, we're improving as we go, so there's going to be narrative holes. <laughs> I you shit p- on Tracy so much. <laughs> I'm just shitting on her whole life <laughs> so often. <laughs> as she's like right behind me, you can see her toiling <laughs> as we're smoking weed. I guess filming a movie, but we're just smoking weed. And uh, she's toiling behind us, and I'm just shitting on her. <laughs> Your kids can't open a fucking gate. Is still my favorite part of the movie. I forgot about all those lines. They made me laugh. I didn't remember any of. I don't even remember even having watched this. I wasn't like, oh yeah. I was just like, that's funny. No memory. Well, we it's almost want, like, like CGI'd it in there. Yeah. But you know, it's kind of like the idea. It's kind of like the this is the end idea. Like if you're fans mm-hmm. of people, you want to see them kind of hanging out. So if yeah, we look put, what happens when they try to throw something together, it's yeah. really fun. Or the loose narrative allows people to just kind of ride it out. You don't have the pressure of being like, now we're friends talking. You're like, oh, we're talking about the mushroom. They do that, and this is the end. Well, no, it's you, but the idea is you're hanging out with James Franco and his friends. All oh, right. Right. And so there's a fiction to it, and no one really cares that right, it's true really or not. They're not really zombies, but they're, yeah. they're James Franco. Right, zombie. and it's not really James Franco's house or whatever. And so you're, you're you know, yeah, same as Kirby Enthusiasm. Right. This mm-hmm. isn't really him, and Louise does the same thing now. Right. Yeah. This is, it, yeah, it's Louis C.K., but it's not. Right. And Shroom Fest is yours, but you don't have to carry all the mushrooms for lots of people. Right, it's a different <laughs> yeah, exactly. thing. Than I'm, that. Not, I'm not delivering all the mushrooms to everyone. <laughs> right, but that's an embellishment. But I do is- organize for a lot of people usually. Yeah. I've done that for like ten people. I've gotten stuff before. It's like, all right, I'll be in charge of getting it. But right, so it's just a movie version of what's <laughs> yeah, really a gr- happening. A grander version yeah. of that. Yeah. yeah, why not? It's funnier that way. Yeah, and like you know, Steve plays I basketball know. against that girl. That girl's sister is really dating. 
or was at the time, who knows, they went to the Palm with Ralph Macchio's high school son. Oh, yeah. So she really could get in touch with Ralph Macchio, which we still have tried to get in touch with, but haven't yet. Like, we went through a guy we know at Sundance, and we he was like, he got to Ralph Macchio, he's like, send it to my agent. We're like, okay. <laughs> so, but we're going to, you know, we're going to cut this together and go and go, look, man. Here's what we have. This is why we improvise. why we want you. Yeah, we improvise it here because you are from that town. And when Steve moved there, everyone went to him, hey, you're famous. You're the other guy. Ralph yeah. Macchio lives here. Yeah. You know? And like so, that stuff really happens. So we wanted to like go into it, and if maybe he'll want to do a a bit in the movie, that'd be cool. And it's we all can. artists cool. just trying a thing together, and so you know, a day of something. Who knows? We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll full, pitch it to him. The full Gilbert, Gilbert and Sullivan troupe. Yeah, we'll get the, and the Gilbert and Sullivan troupe is How on board. Is show? So I like that. That's just old style fucking party ending. Yeah, yeah, John yeah. Waters used theater. To yeah, and yeah. Like, and I think that'll be like you know, dance. just throw everything at it. Yeah, yeah and we might big, do a little yeah. bit in the wings, like a three to you know three to five minute ending with a song, a little choreography. Yeah, we're yeah. hoping to make you like a reveal, like really good at dancing or something in the background. Like, a, <laughs> I don't know how you're gonna be able to do that. I'm, I'm just not. <laughs> we just we just need you to become really good at dancing. I can do the thing where you where you hold your foot and jump through your other foot. We already have yeah, that in one of our good. movies. Oh really? Mark Duplass, the one marks in. Mark jumps oh, through really? his leg. In <laughs> that's good. We it takes me like nine tries to be able to do it. So I'm not really that good. I can't. I just. I can do it. Um. Oh wow. So you're just gonna. F- I, that's sort of the future. I mean, from, from start to finish of just like, all right, here was an idea. Let's just do it. Why get in the way of to like talented people? Putting it out. Just yeah. Start. Why start getting doing in the stuff? way? Why get in the way? My friend went to a meeting at MTV, and they asked her. Why doesn't stand-up work on television? And it was one of those things where I felt like I just got angry. I was like, I felt like I'd be in there answering. And I was like, because you. Because you guys. That's why. Yeah. You love stand-up in clubs. And then you go change it. You keep changing it. <laughs> we don't want to change it. It's just you. Yeah. Yep. I mean. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, just let them t- get out of the way of certain people. Let what, them do their jobs. What are they good at? Yeah, what are they good at? So let them do it. Yeah. Oh, what? oh, the guy who's in charge of knowing lo- logistics? You shouldn't write a tagline here. You shouldn't. This shouldn't. Let's not put any pressure of we having to do your line because it's going to get weird for all of us, and you're not going to be the best one at this. And I won't tell you what's a bigger market, Topeka or Tempe. You'll tell me that. <laughs> right. I think also with this one, what's cool is like what we're doing here is you could never get away on a bigger budget movie shooting something, allowing it to kind of tell you what kind of movie you want to yeah, be. Yeah, as you go. Then shooting yeah. again. You know, and we're not forcing this. We, we're like, oh, we might use podcast in it. We might use the bedroom scene we're about to shoot. We might use part of your set, but we don't know which part. And then you'll be able to watch that stuff, cut in against the stuff that you've already seen, and go, yeah, I like that, but not this. And then a new cut will come. And right. it's just a cool way to... And we can show you the process in the movie. movie. And also the way like you can sell it now. Like, okay, this movie is four ninety nine. If you want the extra stuff, it's four ninety nine. So you can watch different parts of it. You can take it however you want. You know? Yeah. And it's just supposed to be funny, right? Remember if it's Clue? making you laugh more. Yeah, remember, remember the Clue? first one that had the different endings? Different endings. In the theater. Maybe do something like that. Yeah. Just like, here's one edit we're going to do, and here's a different way we're going to go with it. Why not? Who's going to end up being the captain? Well, yeah, we could shoot at different people being the captain. We don't know. Yeah. Would you be the captain in one of the endings? I would now, from here on in, only want to be the captain. <laughs> Damn it. I screwed <laughs> up that I negotiation. <laughs> I was, all I will settle for. You were the only one in the movie anything. who seemed to know what the play was just from the simpsons yeah that was <laughs> incredible awesome the cape it just came out of no well that's how yeah. right so we're i was watching that and i was looking at me as if some casting director would be watching this going like 
wow, he can act his ass off. <laughs> like, if these are the lines, he is thinking last yeah. second, come out, you could read it on his face perfectly, not too much. That's it. Wow. <laughs> so, Look at that guy get an idea on camera. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was really yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that stuff happens. There you know, was like, one thing I did where I noticed where I was like explaining it to you. Then I got another idea and I quickly moved. Like I was playing, hey, hey, get the get the the taco truck, and then went right back to it. And yeah. it was just I was like, oh, I never do that and in, in stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's fun to watch. So quick yeah. thought, go. Don't let it sit at all. Yeah, I Look, think I think for actors watching, I mean, watching yourself in a in a documentary is smart because you see where your natural tendencies yeah. are. But watching docs generally. Great place to look for acting tips. For realness. You know, you, it, don't look at Daniel Day-Lewis. Like, just look at somebody in a documentary and see shit. what they do. Yeah. yeah. Ren Zissi used to have to, all this, this weird way of... I heard Dustin Hoffman said he, was, he didn't like being famous anymore because he couldn't observe human behavior. Yeah. Mm. And I saw Ren Zissi do this once, uh, where he would talk on his phone, and this is how he would talk. He'd have it here when he talked, and then we'd listen, he'd go like, he'd like lift yeah. the, the... Right? He'd yeah. lift the mouth part up, and then we'd ready to talk again. He'd pull, pull it back down. But that doesn't help him hear any better. It wasn't like he's moving it's like a this. habit. Yeah. But he's like lifting it up. I don't know what it was, but I just observed that. Like, that's the kind of human behavior he's talking about. That's yeah. a real, that's a real that person a on the phone. Trait. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, acting always, they're like, well, why don't we have the problems we have in life on screen? Because everything on screen is always perfect and pristine. Mm-hmm. It's like you wear glasses. And in a scene, if someone puts on their glasses, they're always perfect. They put on their glasses, they look Set at their lover evenly, or whatever. Yeah. In reality, you put on a pair of glasses and they're covered in filth. Yeah, and you got to do something about it, and that creates an activity, and then you're a real something person, too, right? But you know, on on screen, a coffee cup is always turned to you so that you can grab the handle. But in life, it never is. So, like actors need to create obstacles for themselves so that they look to get over real, real ways. Yeah, that guy from Jurassic Park, who's the one that was in the fly, oh, Goldblum. Yeah. Goldblum. 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 He said um, that he would always eat in scenes because he was going to be real. Yeah. There's no way you can eat nachos and not be yeah. real and yeah. fake that. Yeah. Ocean's Eleven, that's what Brad Pitt did. Just eat seen. the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> but an activity is the easiest way. I mean, not just in, not just in acting, but in, in people who are afraid of public speaking. You know, get up there and just create an activity for yourself to take... Your mind off that. Yeah, just to take the English off the lines you're about to deliver. That's why people make the best ideas in the shower. There you go. Because mm-hmm. you're doing this rote thing that you can just tune out and just do. Yeah. And not have to worry about it in any way. And yeah, your just, mind just goes. Yeah. Get high and take a shower for Let's an hour. Take a shower. Do all your scenes in the shower. That's good advice. Yeah. There's crayons you can order to um, write jeans. on the wall or something if you got ideas. Like or Beautiful notes. Mind. Did he do that? Mm-hmm. He wrote in the window. Like, yeah, exactly. Shower crayons. Yeah, so you get ideas, you're not going to lose them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to order that. Not a bad idea. Um,. What else are my favorite parts of that movie? Hold on. Well, now what we're going to do is shoot like your stand-up. So we're kind of... Now we have Steve as like the domestic family man in Long Island, you know, in the suburbs that's doing comedy. And you're the single guy in the yeah. city doing comedy, which happens to be true. And that, you know, you talk about out there being like, you got to come back in the city and do this work and stuff. And so now we're going to have, you know, kind of a two-pronged beginning where we're like, oh, this is Steve. This is his family. You see some of his comedy. And then we'll see some of your comedy. And my family life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my version of family life. Which we're life. about to shoot tonight. Right. It's going to be Metzger's girlfriend. But it is kind of a documentary examination of the sort of two styles of comedy and two thoughts about comedy. You know, he's mm-hmm. got those two things. And then we've yeah. got the drug subplot and Steve's family subplot. And we'll have 
a little bit of your life subplot. Yeah. And your point of view on mushrooms, I think, is something we're interested in. Oh, yeah, I interested a lot in. of that in there. Yeah. Because mm. you said you didn't want to drive on mushrooms, right? Uh, yeah. So we're not going to shoot that. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I said I don't condone it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you perform it. Without I mean, condoning. you know, I try to give everyone the real experience on things, and I would just would not, I would advise just yeah. not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Pay attention. And I almost did it. I took someone to go to the Flaming Lips in LA. I was there. I had to miss them because we shot more of those storyteller shows. So I had to miss them here. I was so excited they were going to be Ugh. here in Brooklyn or somewhere. Somewhere like cool. Yeah. But, um, yeah, then they were at some place, and, uh, I took some mushrooms, and then, like, while we were driving down there, like, we're almost there, like, five minutes away. That I do condone. It's fine. It takes 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, at least 15. It's fine. <laughs> um, but then I was, like, sort of feeling it when we were, like, we were eating something around the corner first, and mm-hmm. then I was going to drive up there, and eventually I was, like, I did the adult thing, and I was, like, I'm calling Uber. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Great. I was, like, let's leave my car here. That's smart. Good man. Yeah. For 10 bucks, I finally did the adult thing. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have imagined doing that before. Mm-mm. But it was parked safely far away. I'll take a cab from here. And the nice thing about Uber is you didn't have to handle money at the end. Uh Uh-uh. Just see you later. Because we're all, yeah, it's the worst on mushrooms. (laughs) Yeah. What is it for? What What is is this this Just here. Take some of these things. Brad and and if you want to give some back to me, that's okay. Brad and I have a saying, like, when anything, like, is stressing you out, we're always like, wouldn't matter on mushrooms. (laughs) It wouldn't be a big deal on mushrooms. (laughs) It wouldn't be a big deal on mushrooms. You can drop it pretty much because you survived all your mushroom trips so far. If it was your house collapsing, you might still be upset about that on mushrooms. Yeah, you'd know. (laughs) But if it was losing 40 bucks, (laughs) yeah, you're so much richer when you're on mushrooms. (laughs) Me and Big J, we're in Ottawa. We ordered a pizza and it was the same thing. When that thing came, it was like, bro, I can't figure this out. (laughs) So you gotta, you gotta help me out on it. You just take some of these. You get rid of all that fear we were talking about and you interact with other people and it turns out people will help you out and not rip yeah. you off and you take the right tip and everything. Yeah, but then, ha- then have the fucking entertainment version of my real thoughts on mushrooms in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's have what that. we want to do. Yeah, That's what we're, that's trying, what we're to trying to do. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that. We want people to know the truth, man. I'm really fighting this right now in me and my, in my stand-up of, like, of like censorship in any way. Yeah. I have this chance to never have to listen to any of them. Mm-hmm. You know, so now I get to these th- even like things like the Tonight Show, where it's like, oh, you got to be clean, and I want to be like, well, I don't believe in those standards. Should I just say no? I'm just not gonna. I'm just gonna do it the way I talk, and this is my experience. You can at least, or should you like take the curse words out because you're on the Tonight? Know your audience. I don't know. I know it's crazy. We were we were just talking about that and and uh, and making these super low budget movies and and saying like one of one of the things that we always focused on was making sure you couldn't see it on TV. And, right. then, and it struck then, me kind of crazy too, that like, we're just being honest with myself and like what I watch. And like when somebody says, Oh, that's broadcast or network. And I realized I never really looked at that word before. Like I don't want to cast broadly. Right. I want to cast really oh. narrowly. I want oh. like, I want to talk to the people that like what I like. The Chuck Taylor. I don't want to try to please everybody. Yeah. You know, so in that, in that oh, sense. Oh, yeah. Fuck all those people. Well, yeah, exactly. I don't want them to love me. Yeah, your me. stuff's not for them. No. It was never going to be. No. So why are we trying to make it a little worse for the cool people so that the, just all the awful people will like it okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that's, what are you exactly. doing? Yeah. Please. But then the other side of it is like, you know, you're a professional entertainer, and if you can develop something that works for that that you like, that's just the stuff you do for that, you know, rather than neutering your stuff. Yeah, you don't neuter. Now, yeah. if you happen to get a Chappelle show yeah. where, like, everybody's going to like it, then, like, well, then congratulations. Great. But you yeah. can't force something to be 
the Chappelle show. You can't force another thing out of being the Chappelle show into something else. Right. You can't just get a star and a pretty woman. There's something to be said for chemistry. Yeah. Where me and Renazisi in this, we did a commercial once for EA Sports. I have it on my YouTube we account. Listen, we were trying yeah, to we, find that. Really? That, it's that on my actually, YouTube. Well, Brad, had didn't, part of Brad hadn't met you before. Oh, how really? I wanted to put this movie together because I, I was like, well, how is this going to work? And he was like, you got to listen to this. And it that just, was an early germ of this movie. Yeah, it just, we just talked trash for a day in Orlando. Yeah. And then t- two days. And then Tiger Woods came in for part of one day. And we talked trash with him. And our job was to get him talking trash. Yeah. So was, we used our was, clips, we used his clips, it's audio bites, and they would mix it in from there. It was pretty awesome. Right. They, they had that scene in Louis C.K. where all the comedians are sitting around the, the uh, cellar, the playing poker Taylor, early. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they were talking about the gay comedian at one point. Oh, yeah. Like, that's a, you know, that's a sort of, even now it's funny because the, the landscape changes so fast, but now that looks like a polished version of what we're trying to do but that's right professional funny guys hang out like you're always talking about hanging out at the comedy store if you can yeah. recreate a bit of that people want to see that that's a that's people, why when they did that reality show that ended up being the poly shore whatever mm. it was like no if you want to do this put up cameras there for like six months right before turning them on just tell everybody they're on and then turn them on and then just start getting stuff and you'll find stuff like me punching bobby lee right you know and stuff like you don't have to fake anything we'll just pick up conversations you know, yeah, we'll be able to piece this together. Yeah. But you kind of also—I mean, we didn't catch everything, but you can do that a little bit, like we did. By the door guy like, got a tranny to blow him in the parking lot. Everybody can like, do it. Three months ago, <laughs> one of the straight door guys got a super gay, the super gayest guy to blow him in the. He was just drunk. He's got a serious alcohol problem, <laughs> and he let the super gay blow him in the parking lot. In the parking lot, just out in the big open space. It's a wide parking lot. To completion? Yeah. Yeah. Just shit like that, and then everyone dealing with it the next week and talking about it. That's the, that's the gossip for the next yeah. week, by the way. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, it that's, knocked everything else out? That's yeah. more than one show. That's, yeah. yeah. Hey, that might go over two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cliffhanger. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Is it going to finish? Oh, God. Tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Yeah. Then we have, we have this um, comedian show up in the belly room on, on Tuesdays. Oh, on some night, yeah, maybe Tuesdays when there's nothing else up there. Maybe mm-hmm. Wednesdays. Maybe Wednesdays. They had it for a while, but then these people came in. They were like trying to justify money, so they took it away. But it's pretty much only comedians in the audience, and everyone just just saying fun shit that happened to each other. Super insider. Mm-hmm. Some people are up there and watch it, and they can sort of laugh. But um, so they recreated that. They had both people on stage saying how how many drinks did you have? Just <laughs> and then that other dude, the super gay, would like take down dildos down his throat because he loves. He loves doing. Oh, and he caught AIDS since then. Oh, yeah. No. He's, I'm telling you, super. Here's like he's kicker. just going for it. Oh, he's like, we're not man. pulling back at all. Yeah, that's super gay. Yeah, that's yeah, doing that. Super gay with the AIDS. Maximal gay. I don't think he got HIV too. I think he went straight to AIDS. Is that possible? Or is that just maybe that is the, that is the most HIV you can get. Um, skip right to AIDS. Yeah. But yeah, but capturing, sorry, but capturing that sort of hangout, like yeah. potential of people with chemistry. But, but we were trying to short circuit that by instead of going for six months, we were like, look, we're already friends, and you guys yeah. are already friends, and I know some of you, and it's like, you know, we got to kind of start off with like, oh, this is yeah. this is already pretty, and you're performers, so you don't have to do a reality TV show. We're like, okay, yeah, we'll, if we settle this thing about close to your lives, and it's all your friends, let's just do it that way. Oh and, yeah, and you know, we get to you know catch little bits of that. 
the real hangout with you and Steve. Yeah. You know, the like, reason for six months for the, the comedy store was so that the people that are has beens that just want another shot would all flock back to get on to get in the camera, and that would just ruin the whole hangout. Right. So right, we'd have to wait till they come, oh, realize hilarious. that it happens, and then go. Not to get yeah. people comfortable yeah. or used to it, but and just a few to, people to want to like have more. The good people, even to like want to just like just get unused. But yeah, to get rid of those people, the chuds. I call. So them. you know what you do? You hire not even a real crew that first time. You you uh, sit yeah. and heat it, and yeah. you just have a bunch of homeless people, people there. with fake empty cameras, <laughs> just just milling about for months. Yeah, and then you bring in the ace crew. So what? What did I just interrupt you with? Oh, I have no idea. Or he's like, oh, bring people together. <laughs> we want to but I think what you together. get out of the actual camaraderie, it cannot be overstated. Because, uh, you know, I just talked to Gaffer, who was on This is the End. Mm-hmm. They shot for 65 days in New Orleans and had six writers on set. So, plus they were improv You know, they would do the first few takes on the script, what was scripted, and then they'd improv off that. Yeah. And so you, you look, and I thought that was hilarious and super well made. Yeah. But but it's also a question of actual, you know, are you capturing an actual friendship right. or are you ca- capturing something you want us to believe is a friendship? A lot of those guys are really friends, but a lot of them aren't. You know, and so it's... Mix and match. Yeah. Like so yeah. It's, it, but, what, but when you see you and Steve in the pool house smoking pot, you're, there's no question that you're looking at two friends hanging out. Right. And and you can get a certain level of intimacy with a thousand dollar camera that you can't get with sixty five days and a big Panavision truck and and right because you were just overwhelmed the the, yeah. the normalcy of it yeah oh that's why me and some, me and Renazizi booked that commercial together because we auditioned together mm-hmm. and we were just better than the other auditioners right. we just got paired together. up yeah. yeah and even when we got there they had two other guys and they yeah, didn't use any that. of their shit yeah yeah, yeah it's cool because yeah you know which lines you can go to. Yeah. yeah, you know what they'll laugh. At. You just swingers. Know Remember when swingers came out? Yeah, they were like, "Oh, those those guys hang out." Oh yeah, they just seem so different like, movie. There's no different way they wrote baby. They, this, right. That's the way they talk. I'm like, well, then just keep talking like you do. Yeah, just get out of the way. Yeah, get out of the way again. <laughs> get out of the way. Man. Well, we can't show this. Why? Well, there was a siren going by. So there was a siren going by. Yeah. So you're doing stand up and a siren goes by. That's fine. <laughs> you're there. Just mimic what's there. And also, if people want to catch things and be like, you know, his, his drink was full and then empty and then full again, like, who cares? That's your thing. All right, That's yeah, fine. Enjoy also, it. the thing I think was fun about doing this with, with comedians, which, which I don't know that you guys get as much time working off someone else as because you, you're often up there on your own. Oh, yeah. And so it was really oh, fun yeah. to watch two comedians basically improv a scene with really no dialogue there. And a lot of the funny stuff... And we're getting there already in this cup, but a lot of the funny stuff is not the funny line, but watching what's Steve's face watching you or your yeah. face watching Court Steve. Court, too. Court's hilarious. It's he just, took on a villain character. And it's the reaction character. shot. It's what's going on in your eyes that's funny and not, you know, <laughs> That line. scene was so fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> it's just my body language in general. Oh, <laughs> the whole crumpled up thing. You love my discomfort. Bu- my bushy beard at the time. But that's, again, uh, like, that's what you're saying, like... You could you could put put that away for some scene you do. Like, would you ever think, "Oh, I wrap myself that up right. that way"? Yeah, no, I would never think that. But you did it. Yeah, you know, and it's beautiful. It's like, okay, that's a real reaction. That like, I, I'm not going to walk away, but I am going to hide. You know the bet. The, my, <laughs> yeah, my favorite acting moment I think of all time was that some girl from who was that Irish guy who made a bunch of independent movies for a while, and then was in 
Saving Private Ryan. Burns, Burns. Oh yeah, Ed Burns. Yeah. yeah. So it was one of his movies. Yeah. And he's come back to and try to get his girlfriend back to some town, mm-hmm. and she's um, she's like, no, nah, making she's making him work for it. So um, so uh, <laughs> so while he's being made to work for it, it's just such a dumb idea. Do you guys both want to be together? If what you do you love mean? me? You'd work for it. But then why, if you love me, you wouldn't make me work for things that are there. If you why are you me? taking things away from me? If you love me, you wouldn't even ask that question. If you want the spaghetti, you'll take it from here. Stop moving my spaghetti. If you love me, you would move the spaghetti for me. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, while she's making him wait, he goes out and gets laid. And he's, he brought some like, young girl, and he's bringing her out to a bar. And that chick, the one who's making him work for it from back in the day, um, she's at the bar. And so he, the, the front door is back over her shoulder, and she sees her friends looking over her shoulder. So she looks to see what it is, and so she sees that mm. guy that she, I guess, loves with some young girl. And you see her, she was smiling and laughing with her friends. And you just see her face, just the smile went down like a, just a millimeter. Mm. Just like, a, and then caught and then went right back up again. Mm. Like when she tried to be that normal thing. I'm like, fuck. You feel it. You yeah. felt that. You knew that felt like yeah. in your stomach. You're like, I felt that way. Yeah. yeah. That's great. It hurt, but don't react. And don't, don't, don't react. Yeah. Te- oh. Yeah, yeah, you see those things that are crumpling up. Yeah. Oh, I would, I'm going to try to use that great. at some point. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff that's hard to remember, and it's also hard to just do again. I mean, that's a, I think that's oh, yeah, the trick yeah. of of acting. You know, you can be a great observer of human behavior, but being able to then do it again is without it looking like you you totally telegraphed it. Right, that's hard. Yeah. What uh, I'm trying to think. <laughs> to ask you guys about this shit. <laughs> Where should go? I don't know. I think we probably we had a break for dinner. All right, and then we we'll got time in anyway. Shoot the rest of the what's, movie later. What's the name of your? What is your website? Barnesbrothers.com? No, barnesbrothersunlimited.com. B-R-T-H-E-R-S or just Bros Brothers. Okay, but Barnes, uh, but our movie is EastNashvilleTonight.com. You can oh. you can buy it with Bitcoin. Can you really? Yeah. yeah, we're the first movie ever. Wow, thinking of investing in Bitcoin. It's blowing up. It was like the last few weeks. of everything I've saved up, I'm thinking of putting in Bitcoin. That sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. I'm becoming that guy who's thinking that the dollar is just going to go completely worthless once the people find out what's going on. What's behind it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, in that case, I don't... Like, why would I have saved anything? Yeah. What? And There's no gold so back? You'd be so, you'd video be so games. dumb yeah. if you didn't have it all in Bitcoin. You might as well do it. Maybe get half half your money in Bitcoin. Yeah, Leave put, another half as just cash. Put the other half in pure coin. And then if it goes Buy up it. to the point where it like doubles, then I'll sell off half of that, and then I'll just have right. You'll, get my money you'll back, have already gotten your money back, quarter. and then you'll just have luxury Bitcoin. I saw one Bitcoin once. <laughs> An actual one. What do you mean? Just somebody it was like a Bitcoin. It's like a picture of them you always see. Yeah, somebody made one themselves. They make them really? Yeah, but I don't understand. I don't really understand that system. Nope. No, yeah, but it's virtual currency against not the dollar. I think it's just people's honesty. How do you get it in there in the first place? Where did the first Bitcoin come from? Code. I think it's a, I think it's on the internet. <laughs> yeah, I got to research this stuff. All right, you guys. So East Nashville. No. East Nashville tonight. East Nashville tonight. Dot com. Com. Okay. Download it right now. This will all be on the website. It's a stoner, stoner musical, yeah. hypothetical documentary about Todd Snyder, Elizabeth Cook, Chuck Mead, a bunch of great singer 
touring songwriters. From I went Nashville. to Nashville and talked to some musicians there, and it was, I was like, "Oh, you guys these, are cool. You guys have a cool group here. These are the badass, hard partying ones on the wrong side of the river." Oh. And there's driving on mushrooms, which we don't really get. We don't endorse it, but it happened. Yeah, sure. It's fine if it happens. <laughs> Brad's lying down in the back of the car. Yeah, filming stuff. I He's directing, lying like this. Trying to go. Okay, talk about this a little. Were bit. you on mushrooms directing? I would never do that. Why? See what happens. <laughs> now you should only do that. That should be the next thing you do. At least for a day or two. It'll be amazing. Oh, there's possibility, I bet the feeling would overwhelm you. Oh. But maybe not. You know what you're doing. No, you're right. Maybe all the, you know, all Let's the things. Try that... it. We'll try it now that you said it. Yeah. There's, yeah. We still have a bedroom scene to shoot tonight. Okay. If you have mushrooms, yeah. let's get them. Yeah. Break them out. Yeah. All right. I like. Yeah, sure. I don't. Do you want to wrap up? Yeah, do whatever you want. Yeah, I'm just realizing. Yeah, okay, wrap it up. So that's everybody. I'll put all that information on the website. Go to arithegreat.com and I'll put it all on there. And um, and I'll keep you updated whenever this movie comes out. It's a cool experiment, man. Because once you film it, even with the Nashville guys, if they're like, "Yeah, if it come out cool," like, "Yeah, I can get behind that." Like yeah. tell people about it And we have it forever So if it gets popular In six months Or you know yeah. It gets popular Whenever it Like gets those popular. little movies Remember how the VHS's And they And they uh, would sh- Like redo the cover If some guy got gigantic Afterwards yes. Where it's exactly. a bit part Then Jim Carrey Would suddenly be All over the front Brilliant Yeah Bring him to the floor Yeah Alright you guys When you get huge Yeah when I get huge When I kill a bunch of people If, if that If it goes that way Do it after that Give us a heads up Alright bye Cold as a witch's tail outside. I just walked in from Amsterdam, from Newark Airport. Um, Because witches' tits aren't cold. They're still alive. Witches are still alive. You know what I mean? If it was a zombie's tit, I could see that. Because then lack of blood flow would make it cold. But witches' tit? I mean, tits in general... They're not even cool. They're cool. They're, they're cool. They're cool to the touch. If I remember from uh, from um, my fantasies of when I first wanted to start touching a boob, I remember them being milky, milk-like, and luscious and and cool. They were cool to touch in my dreams, but not a uh, witch's tit wouldn't be any more than anything else. No, you need a better term for cold. Cold is a witch's tit? No. I don't accept it anymore. I don't accept it, and I'm calling it out. I'm saying stop, everybody. It's become hacky. Um, so that's the episode. Thank you to the Barnes Brothers um, for talking to me. Uh, that really was a cool thing we worked on. I don't know how or when or in what form it's going to come out, but when it does... It'll be cool. I don't know. It was a cool, fun thing to work on. It was. It's, it made me laugh a bunch of times when I watched it. And I usually hate watching myself, but it helped that I was uh, that it was me just playing myself. 
pretty much. I just saw This is the End on the plane back from Amsterdam. And uh, hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. But I like that, uh, you know, base shit on yourself stuff. Why not? Uh, all right, you guys. So that's the episode. Don't forget to use my um, Amazon link to do your, all your holiday shopping. Just go to AriTheGreat.com and then uh, on the right-hand side, turn your ad blockers off. On your right-hand side, there'll be a link for Amazon.com and another one in black for Amazon for California. Not California. Canada. Amazon.ca. And yeah, help support the podcast by using – just do your regular shopping. Just go through my website first. AriTheGreat.com. Click on Amazon. Shop for Christmas presents because you are obligated to buy things for people regardless of whether or not you like them. You are obligated um, what should I say right now? Um, you guys, I think I'm finished. Oh, let me explain what happened in, um, okay. I forgot to do it last week. Episode 143 is gone forever. I apologize if you didn't get a chance to hear it. 15,000 people did. And then many, many more people did not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the guy who did it was, uh, he got threatened by his ex legally threatened by his ex he tried saying um to me like hey you know i'm just worried about you getting sued ari and i'm like right off the bat i'm not worried at all i don't care so if you want to make it about you want it down don't make it about me whatsoever don't use it as an excuse use only you as an excuse and then he was like all right fine i'll use me as an excuse please take it down ah she threatened to sue him for talking to whatever who gives a fuck who gives a fuck and he's like, well, how would you like it if, if Jezebel, that's the leading uh, uh, blog for uh, shitting on men, if you, how would you like it if Jezebel um, had an article about, oh, look how people are saying, you know, revealing that someone had an abortion on your, on your podcast. How, how would you like that? Somebody's saying they had an, this girl had an abortion. And he goes, how would you respond to that? He goes, I wouldn't want you being in that kind of trouble. I'm like, I wouldn't be in that kind of trouble. And if they ever put that, I would respond yeah, abortion isn't wrong. It's legally, and I don't think it's morally wrong at all, and it's legally fine. So yes, absolutely, I don't think it's a big deal. You're the only ones making a big deal of it. I'm already getting mad. I'm getting mad at Jezebel for something they didn't even write. Anyway, so that's why it's gone. It's gone forever. Eh. Somebody asked me, like, did I get my 50 bucks back from the podcast? The answer, no. He offered. He goes, do you want the 50 bucks back? And I was like, nah, you can keep it. But then later I was like, no, I should have taken it back because I had to make a new podcast and give somebody else 50 bucks. Paul Morrissey. Anyway. Um, so that's it, you guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, Amsterdam was fun. The whole thing was great. The whole trip. So much fun to be out of, out of the country for 10 days. Just in another place where they speak first French, then German, then Dutch. Man, great time. Um, I wanted to do a podcast with my brother, but we didn't really get a chance. His wife was there and the kid, and when he was out skiing with me, then when he came home, it was time to like, you know, hang out with her. It just wasn't an opportunity. Maybe in February when I go home for my, my nephew's bar mitzvah. But anyway, um, all right, you guys, I'll talk to you later. Don't forget to check out This Is Not Happening. Check out one of the stories. Go to This Is Not Happening 
uh, on YouTube. Search This Is Not Happening playlist and you'll see them all. Uh, this week is David Keckner from Anchorman 2 and 1. Uh, last week was Joey Diaz telling one of the best stories. One of the best stories ever. Just really, really well written. Start, finish. It calls back to certain times. And not call back like a lame fucking 80s callback. I mean, it calls back like, oh, there's a reason this is being brought up here because it'll show the difference, you know, later in his life when the similar situation happens to him. Uh, it just reveals more. It's just really great. I love people taking that kind of. I mean, he told me when he was taught, when he was like writing it, when he was thinking about it. Joey doesn't really write stuff, but um, when he was thinking it over and he was telling me what he wanted, I'm like, man, that's other level. That's great. So check out Joey Diaz's story on this is not happening. Um, and I guess that's it, you guys. My experience on a tell show was fun as shit. First comedy on television in five years. I think it'll be on in April. I, I don't know. I'm just buying time. All right, you guys. Um, if there's anything else I forgot, please let me know. I'll talk to you later. Christmas is coming soon. If you want to send me something for Christmas, go look at my uh, my website. And uh, the, the fucking, what's it called is on there. The address is on there. And you can, uh, I don't know, send me something. I've got, I've got a bunch of stuff. Somebody sent me a book. I'm not going to read your book. Um, but while I'm finding it, if you want to uh, buy somebody something for Christmas, get a Skeptic Tank t-shirt for them. It's on my website. Arethegreat.com slash shop. Um, and yeah, it'll take you there. Uh, just click on the shop button. But if you want to send me something, should you want to, it's 151 First Avenue, Box 49, New York, New York, 10003. You can send it to Ari Shafir. Um, and if it's super illegal, send it to um, Nick Youssef at the same address. And they'll get it to me. Um, all right, you guys. Thanks for tuning in. I'll talk to you later. Episode 146, Collaborators. <laughs> I'm not great at names. <laughs> I'll try. But not everything comes to me. I like rhymes, I guess. Anyway, episode 146, Collaborators. Because it's brothers. Um... Over and out. We're done. Have a good week, you guys. I'll see you. Um, oh, the next one will be out right before Christmas. And New Year's, Toronto. New Year's Eve. I'm at the Royal Theater. Come to it. Um, yeah, that's it. Royal Theater. We're doing an 8 p.m. show, so come to that. All right. Uh, tickets on my website. Bye. It won't be long till I'm gonna need somebody to leave. Just call Lonely Brother